And we are coming down in three, two, one. Welcome to Getting Sports with Drunk. I'm your hostess, Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by... Mark. Sheen Washable. Nope. Not paying attention tolls. That's right. <laughs> the Mask Chris Massey. Tyler Jones. The Lord of the Liquids. Of course, the Lord of the Liquids. And the Rat of a Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Mask failed him as one jump. That's right. Mask is like, we'll share a mic the whole time, and then just looks at him. <laughs> I forgot he didn't have a mic, all right? Uh, so we're, we're here for uh, our, our, our annual... In brewery podcast, uh, Mass's first time here. Yeah, Mass's first time uh, this year. Hopefully, once all the uh, the COVID stuff calms down, turn it into a quadruple annual. I mean, you guys should come back tomorrow. Very shortly, tomorrow. I'll come back tomorrow. No, I mean end of March. But we'll get to why you should come back <laughs> in the end of March. But keep talking, and then every weekend after that, of course, yeah. of course, of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're here at, at Blackhawk. There's gonna be uh, all kinds of content posted. We did some uh, some some putting around the, the brewery. Four hole course game of, of game of hog game of hog game okay. of hog, Kyle, Winner. surprised everybody, <laughs> including <laughs> yourself. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean this this podcast. I mean if you if you caught our last uh, kind of like live or not live, I shouldn't say live, but like our last like featured event remote thing, remote thing, we did we teamed up with uh, Jason and Todd at uh, Connecticut Disc Golf to talk about kind of like the blow up of the sport because it's a sport. Out to them. And we're a big fan of that sport. We play a lot of it. And uh, Lord of the Liquid Tier has, uh, has also succumbed to the explosion of disc golf in the past calendar I got, year. I got sucked in like a wet noodle, man. Oh, uh, it was immediate. <laughs> it was yeah. just like, whoa, this is amazing. I love it. So we, we tell the story all the time. So it, it initially started in our group with Kyle and I. We, we watched, uh, it got started off with Brody on YouTube, watching him. How did you even start looking that up? Well, so we watched this group called GM Golf, and they teamed up with Brody, because Brody's also a, a regular golf guy. Gotcha. He's also an ultimate Frisbee guy. That's where he made his, his thing. We got somebody at the door. No. <laughs> just wanted to just, uh, business is important. No. Um, hey, girls, there's someone at the door. And so uh, we were watching that GM Golf channel, and they teamed girls. up with Brody, and then that went poorly, and blah, blah, blah. But they did some like urban disc golf where they went out with ultimate frisbees and were just, they went to a park and it was like okay hey that stop sign is 700 feet away whoever hits it in the least amount of throws wins cool and then we went to the disc golf shop we each bought a putter and a mid we went to Luffberry. Kyle played in sandals I played in boat shoes how bad was that uh, it was pretty it wasn't actually that terrible we were like well what time of year was this early late spring all right no late summer it was summer it was like July, it August. It was late summer. It was after my birthday. It was early summer then. It wasn't. It had to have been early summer because we, we played a lot in the summer. It, I had it was, a, it was like this August. is an off-air argument, but I know because I took a vacation in July and I played all through. I have it logged in on UDisc. <laughs> I played all through July on my vacation. You have it on your phone when we first started, don't you? Somewhere in there. It's Anyways. Not, not important. What's important is, though, is that we went we played. It was hot. And... uh we played all the way through 13. For those of uh, you who don't know Luffberry, there's a humongous trench that you go through. My kids call that the crevasse hole. The crevasse hole. Yes. We saw it. We were like, we don't have the foot equipment for this right now. 
Kyle looked down and saw what he thought was the baseball field at Luffberry, which turned out to be Medtronic. So we walked <laughs> down the hill, Masonic, whatever. We walked down the hill to Masonic and then found out that we had to turn around and walk a mile uphill on the streets back to <laughs> Luffberry. Um, and if that wasn't enough to turn you off to it, there's nothing that will. Because no. we were pretty angry about that after. And then the Were you angry history. at disc golf or were you angry at Kyle? No, I wasn't angry at Kyle because like, we didn't know where we were in the woods. We've never been in there before. And it looked like the baseball field. <laughs> yeah, because it was like the back half of Masonic where there's like the field, or the front yeah. half where there's the big field. So let me tell you a little. There's a little secret about you, Dix. There's actually GPS built into the. So you can look so at your thing. And we didn't have you disc yet. Oh, we didn't use you disc until screwed. like the second or right, third all outing. Right, all right. Yeah. And so we were just kind of were going off bearings. <laughs> there's also not really a baseball yeah. field at Luffberry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but there's a grass field. And that's what just he thought he saw. a grass patch. Yeah, and so Luffberry isn't very well marked hold the hole. So I can see how you get lost. But sure. it's a lot of fun to play. Oh, for sure. My yeah. favorite course. We consider it our home course. Yep. I live in Wallingford, so I do too. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so funny how that worked out because you live down the street from Jason. On the same street, right? Uh, we're two blocks away, yeah. Uh, as Jason from Connecticut Disc Golf. Mm-hmm. And I remember he was telling me, he's like, he, I, I, I was in there shopping one day, and this was after you and I had talked about how you were like kind of talking to them and, and the disc golf bras and all this stuff. And I had reached out to Jason about doing a remote show with them because I knew you and, and all this. He comes in, and he didn't know my name. He just knew my face. Todd knew my name. And he just goes, hey, do we know a Paul? And in the shop, and I'm like, I'm a Paul. I'm a Paul. <laughs> and then I'm, so I'm like, let's see where this goes before I say yes. Because like, because there was a Paul that stole he, from us. And yeah, like, he owes oh, us yeah. $500. Because <laughs> oh. I don't owe them $500. I'm not, I'm not that Paul. Was, no way. Yeah, I was talking to Tyler at Blackhawk and do something about like doing a podcast, and they want to do one with us. And I'm like, I'm Paul. That's yeah, it. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm, that, I'm Paul. that Paul. Yeah. And uh, the rest was the rest was from there, but it was just it was very funny because he goes, yeah, he goes, I remember being in my backyard like a few weeks ago, and I just hear some chains getting hit, and like my ears perked the first time. I was like, who's playing disc golf around here? No, that was fun. I mean, that's like I got sucked in, and like literally, I wanted a basket in my backyard to start practicing putting. You have the best basket, and then, basket yeah, ever. I mean, it was just I saw the cost of them. I was like, screw that, I can make one cheaper myself because all hey, I do Paul, all weekend what's, is what's make- so good about his basket. I'll let him tell you. Okay. <laughs> no, I want actually. Yes, it is quite good. Uh, so I have a uh, deconstructed barrel. So like it's a, one of the bourbon barrels. If you come to the brewery, we have them all sitting up. So the barrel, all the staves are gone. So it's all the metal rings. And if you go and look at the uh, the specs of an actual disc uh, disc golf basket, uh, the top is a twenty four inch ring, and there's a twenty seven inch ring for the basket. And like you can find those rings within a bourbon barrel. So I found those rings and then built my whole basket. So it is to spec um, off of that. But the the top ring is the the third band from the end all the way around. I drilled out all the holes, hung the chains in through the middle. Uh, I've got PVC going off the bottom, and the bottom ring. Uh, is uh, the center band, so it's a little bit bigger. And then I actually had to go to Home Depot and buy a piece of plywood and cut it into a circle and get some sh- some shelving brackets to like hold it up and make a little basket out of the bottom of it. And then a five-gallon bucket of concrete to hold it all together. But it's it's my little DIY disc golf basket in my backyard. Can't do much better than that. No, nah, it's, it's sick looking. Yeah, like, it's, it like, is. Like, even like... like the, the description doesn't do it justice because I've seen pictures of it, and it's not because Jason showed me, and I was like, "That's dope." <laughs> no, the big the big thing was is that the, uh, the actual the bands in these barrels are like super sharp in the outside edges, so I made it missed a couple of putts and it was starting to scrape the bottom of my disc. So I was like, "Screw this!" and I took some uh, three quarter inch uh, 
pecs that I had buried in the ground that I'm I'm getting a pool in the spring, which is there awesome. You go. Come blind nice. swing. So I, I pre I pre uh, I pre dug a trench and put some some pecs into the little ground and I had it hanging out. It hasn't got tied into the house yet. So I went underneath my underneath my deck, cut a chunk of this pecs out, and then I cut a big slit in it and put it over the edge so that I wouldn't scrape my discs as I was practicing. So we're gonna have to go play hog at his house and just <laughs> pool like, shots. Yeah. Pool shots. Yeah, I tell you what, there's there's definitely an underwater hand up out of the water scuba shot coming Yo. from that. That's the scuba scuba shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, scuba scuba shot. Yeah, that's scuba, scuba we'll, shot. We'll have to get a picture of that basket and put it on our social media. Oh, oh for sure. Oh, it's, it's it's real mean. So there's a reason the disc the, the discog discog. Oh, that's, we got to work that in somewhere. <laughs> discog. I we like should have put a basket in the hog hut and the discog. Ah, look at that. There we go. Kendall, make it happen. Um, so there's a reason all the disc golf talk. So. Uh, Black Hog is, uh, as, as Tyler said, is a lot of love for for the sport and, of course, for beer. Tyler, you have you, a thing for beer, right? Oh, yeah, you know, a little bit. Just, you know, been doing it for like a decade or so. Hobby, gotta, more figure. of a hobby or more yeah, of a it's, it's, you know the the beer is more of the uh, what pays the bills. The the disc golf is the hobby for oh, sure. Okay, all right. Gotcha. <laughs> for now, for now, until we'll you see become what PDGA, yeah, until pro. I'm a pro. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Me and Paul McBath. And we'll... <laughs> there you go, and then you'll be sponsored by Black Hog. That's right. And then you'll have a whole all line day. of Black Hog discs. It'd be a great like. Quasi marketing scheme. Hey, that's a really good segue. <laughs> Matt Mass hasn't drank in some time, and he's feeling the full effects of everything. He's, he's just going straight in. <laughs> Great segue, guys. Let's talk about that. So Blackhawk is uh, adopting disc golf entirely into the uh, the brewery setting. Yeah, I mean we're we're taking a huge fold into it. I mean it's uh, you mean you talked about how you got into disc golf, like uh, Jason, my business partner, um, and. Um, Phone's ringing. Sorry, Jason just texted me one day. He's like, "Hey, you got to come disc golfing with us." Uh, hanging out with Jim O'Connor. Jim O'Connor is the guy who runs our social media. Um, I mean, I send him a lot of content. I will take some credit for some of the photos, <laughs> uh, but he does like the timing of when it should go out and the copy and all that. And uh, amazing, amazing uh, guy to run our social media. But he also runs Disc Golf Bra social media as well, and that's his that's his baby. And he's like, "Hey, come come play." Come play disc golf with us. Like we're playing with the disc golf bra guys, and I was like, I mean, I grew up, um, grew up in New Hampshire. I lived up there. Like I was the brewer at Portsmouth Brewery, and I lived in Dover, New Hampshire. And literally across the street from Dover High School in Dover, New Hampshire, there was a disc golf course that I played like with a 175 gram like ultimate, ultimate disc, disc, yeah, a couple handful of times. Never like got into into it, and um, and I was like, ah, he's like, he's like, dude, like come with the come with the disc golf bras. They're gonna like. They'll show you how to play, and like, they, I'm like I don't have the disc. He's like, don't worry. So he showed up. Like, five discs were thrown at me. You know, <laughs> putters, putter, mid range, uh, driver. One driver that it took me six months to f- figure out how to fucking throw, but yeah. we got it going. But no, it's just so. And then like I played that first round and just watching everything that was going on with that, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I started watching all the YouTube and get it. So like I personally got totally invested into it, and um, it's it is my you know it's it's my it's a walk in the woods. It's a hike. I love hiking, and it's like a hiking with purpose. And it's just like the whole idea about disc golf is great. So now we're hooking up with those guys, and like they wanted, the, they came up with the idea of like, hey, let's make a beer. So I decided to do. Um, they came up with a label, the disc golf beer label, which we'll share in your social media as well. Yeah. And um, and they're like, 
and literally like they, they we teased it out on our website and it just it was disc golf beer and it said with natural flavors 5.5 percent it said one pint but it was a 12 ounce label like it was just <laughs> everything about the label was wrong <laughs> someone who doesn't know beer yeah made it. <laughs> i like saw it i was like fuck don't put this out but it was out and people were like what's the natural flavors why only five and i was like oh shit like i'm gonna be pigeonholed in a lot of things trying to make this beer at this point because the recipe wasn't even done yet at this point so it was um so we got that so now the recipe is for disc golf beer is a uh, kind of a hazy uh, low ABV 5.5 because that was on the original label. They got released on social media, so I had to <laughs> kind of follow with that. So a 5.5% kind of hazy pale ale uh, with some tangerine uh, puree added to it. So it kind of comes off like an adult tang, um, which is going to be really some. Kyle's real in on that. Yeah. So it's an <laughs> adult tang. Funny if you just so, came out with a completely different beer that was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so this is I don't kinda, know what those guys are talking about. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's the idea about the beer itself. So we're going to do this. So the beer release party we're going to throw about this is at the end of March. It's the March 25th. I will, I hope that's correct. It's that time-ish. It's the one of the – but it's that that Saturday. And we are cutting some, cutting some fairways in our, our woods behind the brewery. And we're doing – March 27th, by the way. 27th? Is it 27th? That's Saturday. Saturday, yes. March 27th. <laughs> Great day. He's um, our fact check guy. Thank you yes. for the fact check. That's what, um, that's what we don't pay him for. So yes. um, so if you saw all the, the, the footage ahead of time with all of our hanging out, like there's four baskets in the brewery right now that I was planning on getting outside, but the snow came. Um, so I'm hoping by Mar- beginning of March the snow melts and I'm going to get out and I have three holes planned out for out behind behind the brewery. So we'll have like a little like beer release party. There's going to be a little three-hole like tournament Um Jason from CT Disc Golf is going to be here with his new sexy truck, selling some discs out of the back of his truck. That, that truck is, oh, is, is real sweet. nice. So is good. It? It's sweet. Um, yeah. Old school. Yeah. We, like 40, no, 56, 42 yeah. or something. Really yeah. old Ford Blue. It's really sexy. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to have this big old disc golf beer release party. Uh, we're going to our practice basket. We'll be doing putting tournaments, and there'll be a little three hole course in the backyard. and it's just going to be fun. We're going to just play some disc golf and drink some beers. Make be sure time. you show up for that, especially if you live out of state. Fly in for this. It's going to be great. I, I, I mean, there is a. we literally are next to the Oxford Airport. So if you own your own plane and want to fly in, get just, just hook up with the Oxford Airport and <laughs> fly on in. It was so funny. So when we, when we were coming here, we passed the airport sign, and Kyle was like, Oxford has an airport? And I was like, yeah. I was like, it's there for Tyler. Yeah. He, he he leaves Wallingford, goes to the Meriden Airport, <laughs> hops in his plane, flies, flies to Oxford, and then comes to work. No, there is a huge uh, military presence there, which is a bummer because that means and we can't do any of the aerial uh, zone, stuff. zone stuff around here, which kind of sucks. But uh, but we do see some really cool planes flying in. Yeah, uh, some like some like really cool helicopters, like military planes. Like they'll fly in every once in a while. Don't know what they're doing, but they look cool in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeping an eye out. Just yeah. keeping an eye out. <laughs> USA. So, you you posted, you teased a lot about this on social media. Yes, especially with the the disc golf bras, yes. and you, you've shown many of times the uh, the basket f- uh, assembled in the barrel, the old uh, bourbon barrel. That that's pretty cool. Nice. It's almost like what it's like. It's like slightly elevated, right, from regulation. Yeah, it's gonna really screw you up because it's gonna be a little bit higher than all the other baskets in the three holes. So like you're gonna practice on the practice putting because that's gonna be our practice putting. Yeah, and then you'll be all bands. And the then you'll just throw bands the rest of the course. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they screw with people's heads. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Get them aggravated so they come in and drink more. That's right. That's, that's yeah, what I need. Go. More uh, trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, you know, it's just funny. We talked about it. And it's like, like we flirted with the idea about drinking on the course. And it's like we've always kind of like not done. It's like mostly because we're really out of shape, guys. 
I mean, Kendall's definitely like the thinnest, but he's definitely not in shape. It's a fake thin. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we're always like, man, this going to be a real out of commission thing by whole like 12 if we're drinking. Yeah. Um, oh, I do have to, you talking drinking on the course. Our course, obviously, we would like you to enjoy the beers after you're around. But not during. But not during. We shouldn't be drinking while you're playing anyway. No, you want to get a good score. Because it's a be and it's a public park. Yeah, it's a public drink park. responsibly. Yeah. Yeah. Drink responsibly. Uh, do, drink treat, afterwards. Treat, Come it like, afterwards. treat it like Hang your up. co-ed softball team. Drink in the parking lot before and after, but not during. There you go. Well, no, co-ed is is no holds barred. <laughs> All right, fine. Drink drink like your your, your regular softball league <laughs> yeah, yeah. before and not after, but not during. Yeah. Co-ed, there's beers in the dugout. <laughs> <laughs> you need to to play that game. Usually trying to bribe the umpires. <laughs> Yeah, I got, I got like, two. Hey, come on, you want one? I got two Rocky Tops here. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> terrible. So funny. Uh, you have a friend that calls Coors Lights Rocky Tops. It's the worst thing about him. Yeah, he's a big, he's a fake country fan, and he calls them Rocky Tops. <laughs> so. The whole keep the mountain blue thing. It's just, I can't get over that Coors <laughs> thing. on it. Anyway, there's a whole other yeah, conversation. That's, we never get we're not here to talk about a different brewery. <laughs> no. So. We're here to talk about Blackhawk. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. So. What's the eventual like? Do you have an end game in sight? Because we t- kind of talked about how like different tee pads for different baskets, or like one tee pad and two baskets, so you have different. Like, so it becomes more than three because you can you can kind of manipulate a course. Where, no, like, yeah, I mean that's something where I mean I've seen courses online where like it's a big circle tee pad and there's nine baskets yeah. surrounding in a circle, and you just keep teeing off from the same tee pad. That's but actually then, pretty cool. Yeah, but then you get to buy nine three hundred and eighty five dollars baskets. <laughs> oh yeah, of that course. seems yeah. expensive. <laughs> So um, it's, it's much easier if you. It's much cheaper to to build multiple tee pads. Yeah. So I mean, the there's kind of three ways that you can uh, have a similar hole, but have it be a different hole, where you can um, change a mando or a mandatory, where people here aren't disc golf geeks, but the man, like mandatory is like you where you're like like you have a tree that has a mandatory. You have to shoot to the left of it, and then you have another, and then you could on the same tree, you put an arrow going the other way. So you shoot to the right of it. So that kind of changes like how you're going to release, release it, go through. Um, you can also have one basket that has two different tee pads, and then you can have one tee pad that has two different baskets. So we're kind of tying all that together. Right. Um, where we're trying to have the original, the, the original, I haven't, we haven't really, I'm going to color them right now. The black course and the white course. We're going to have the black course and the white course. So you have black three and then the white three. So the black three, holes one, two, and three, will be T-pad one, which is you literally walk across our parking lot, and you'll there'll be a build. Have you ever hiked behind our brewery to the – the? Uh, no? I'm not super familiar with the wooded area over right. here other than so, Hidden Pond uh, and South So area. if you go, like, literally right behind our brewery, there's, a like, a biking, hiking path that gets you to a rails-to-trail path that goes from, you know – Woodbury to uh, Woodbury to another town, but it's like seven and a half miles worth. Used to be a railroad railroad thing, so it's a nice little hiking path out there. The people have already cut kind of trails into our brewery from there. So there's cool. a really nice um, bridge that goes up over this little river. So there's gonna be a little tee pad that's gonna go there through the woods, and you have these two trees. You're gonna mando through the middle. Uh, if you do a little flex backhand, it's gonna be aceable off of hole one. Uh, but that same hole is going to be hole four, where that same tr- we're going to mando it right. So then all of a sudden you got to do a backhand hyzer to try to get into the same tee. So it's going to change yeah, yeah. the shot and kind of get the same, like on a different, a different play off of the same tee pad. Yeah, and once the snow melts away and these are all set up, we'll definitely post these on social media as well. Yeah, and you'll actually get be able. Yeah, I can't wait for the snow. I, I was this close to starting to put like get these baskets outside to yeah. like start like screwing around with this to play around with it, but then the snow came and now I'm. Waiting for the snow to melt myself to get it all set up. Yeah. Um, 
And then big bummer, big bummer, because we could have played that today instead of just playing in the brewery and hanging out. <laughs> Listen, well, this was a lot of fun, though. I'm gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna be here bef- before opening weekend. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> a little preview of the course. It'll be awesome. Um, and then hole two um, is gonna be there is a um, uh, access road up, a, like kind of tucked up in the woods, up on a ridge. So you get a shot coming in with a your uh, warden putter. We'll talk about that in a second, but we'll change that up. Where hole two will be one tee pad. And then hole five will be a second tee pad. So you're going to two different tee pads at the same basket off of that. And then hole three slash six, we're going to have a tee pad. It's going to be a short little shot over the river back into the woods. Or you're going to have to come over the river and then up into where the existing uh, wooden barrel with the basket on top of it being the uh, practice putting. So you have to, so your second shot, you got to let, hey, coming through. You know, trying to kill some people. It's going to be awesome. Kyle's usually good at that. He waits till it hits a person until he's like, oh, hey, look out. And it's usually me. So instead of a four, that we call that a seven. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, we're trying trying to, like, think about it being like, hey, we got these three holes. Make it at least six. Um, And then we'll, we'll see how... You know, it's 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 for the release weekend. We'll see how it pans out. We'll Are see you how a fan of alliteration by any chance? Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I have three things I'd like to pitch to you Okay. at this exact moment in time. All right, so I say we negate the black and white course. Okay. It's the Granola Brown Trail and the Hog Hike. Okay. Something along that. those lines. And then I think the second beer you make is the Hog, the, the hog Heiser Hefeweizen. Hog Heiser Hefeweizen, Triple and H, and then you have and then you have a pig throwing a disc. Oh, Hunter Hearst yeah. Helmsley, <laughs> exactly. And then you have, but then you have a pig throwing a disc pig on the label. Disc, the hog, or like the Heiser Hog Hefeweizen. The Heiser Hog Hefeweizen, yeah. I don't know. It just came to me. It works. I like it. I like it. I think the Granola Brown Trail's definitely got to be one of them. Yeah, that sounds pretty one good. One of like the the three. All right, all right. We'll think. Because then I just, it works. Then it works not only self advertisement, but then you get the color in there as well. Yeah, so then I, but then you get to tape the the baskets with the brown or the. What's the, the brown? No, not the brown. With labels. Listen, yeah. Oh, you just, take, you just take the labels off and put it Can right on the basket. Balls. Mind right blown. Right on the band. Right on the band. Can Look labels. at that. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. I don't know. I He's just not come up with do stuff. It, it doesn't have to be good ideas, but I just come up with things. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. So. What? Mass's first time here. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, this, this, this brewery is awesome. It's... It's it's real cool because it, it, it kind of gives you everything you want in a brewery when you come here because you get I mean the, the back bar is awesome they have the brewing trophies they've got the glassware hanging up they've got the chalkboard menus and all that stuff when they when they when, when the the tap room you know finally kind of kicks back up and reopens it's gonna, as far as I know that's going to be pretty soon too yeah and, and Tyler is you know we, we talked about before Tyler is disc golf was made for him because the numbers on the discs he's an engineer everything you see in here he's built. Right, the, the the bar he built, all these tables he built, everything. I mean, it's they got the hog huts, you know. But it's cool because you get you get the pallet rafters right above them. Yep. So you see the cans, you see the mall, you see the hops. You know, you can see all the the tanks and the canning line behind you when you're in the brewery. You kind of get the the barrels right there. It's it's kind of like a mix of like being at a bar, but also kind of getting the behind the scenes look, which you don't get in a lot of tap rooms. Right. And if you do. Like some of like you know like the bigger breweries and kind of get like they give you like that like oh hey we put up some panes of glass so you can see into yeah. there but you can't go in there right like, nice and fancy but not... I mean when you're in Blackhawk it's like walking in 
like you, you kind of like get to do like a visual tour of like everything and how every beer you, you're drinking is made before you even order it. Right. I mean, that's something we really we thought about. I mean, we we started in 2014, and the uh, the brewery experience, like like tasting rooms at that point, like were hey, you came to a brewery, you're in a warehouse, you're hanging out. So we wanted to like elevate it a little bit. But hey, you're still you're still sitting next to fermenters, you're still next to the barrels. Like you're in the process, but there is a nice place to hang out. But then, like literally every brewery that opened up after us opened up a really fancy restaurant that had air conditioning and right. all those other stuff Gross. and like a pizza oven and like they opened a really cool restaurant that happened to have a brewery attached to it. And that's kind of where a lot of the pre-COVID. I'm really curious to see what happens post-COVID. But pre that was a lot of like since we opened to pre-COVID. Um, that's kind of sucks that we talk about life now, like the timeline of life pre and post. <laughs> it's a real COVID. bummer. Like, I just yeah. like I'm saying that out loud, and I feel really well, bad about saying. Post COVID, still TBD. Well, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but like the but that whole like that whole those few years of like from 2014, like that was opening. Like every brewery that opened in Connecticut opened this really nice restaurant that had a brewery attached to it. So we kind of a little got, I mean, sadly enough, left behind the dust in that because everyone was like. They came here in the summer, like, oh, you don't have a, f- or, like, you don't have air conditioning. I don't have my personal fan blowing on me yeah. while I'm like drinking. <laughs> you don't beer. have a, you don't have a three course meal like and, and then in the winter they're like, where's my fireplace? And I was like, dude, you're in a fucking brewery. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um. But the one thing about come here and enjoy the beer. That's it. Yes. But the one thing about that got us through COVID though is like, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere and we've been focused on producing beer, um, in cans to shelf stable beer to be on the shelf because we're in the middle of nowhere and no one and like the tasting room was i mean we, don't get me wrong please come to the tasting room please come drink beer buy beer from us in the tasting room blackhawk brew but the <laughs> the tasting room was never like you know in our grand business plan of like hey we expect people to be banging down our doors and buying our beer so we've always been focused on making uh quality shelf stable beer that can be distributed yeah and that well, that's kind really of, helped in the, the, when COVID hit. That's like huge. the game. Cause I mean, like, you know, there's there's so many breweries that have opened since 2014 in Connecticut, and there are a l- large chunk of them that are you know come to come to us to get the beer kind of thing. But when it's out in the market and people see it, you know, you know, and you guys do a great job with can art and labeling and whatnot. Because unfortunately, you know, people don't you know they don't read. They shop off of look. They walk down the aisle and be like. Green, green. Again, expect like the hazy IPAs are like that's like green, green, white, green, blue, green, white, blue, green. And then like there's like a a pink ginger ninja. And they're like, Ooh, oh like wait, that. what's that? That's different. And then it's like, oh, I've never heard of anything like this. And then they get it. And so, and then that brings them in here. Like, oh, I, I really liked the granola brown I had. I hope it brings them in there. <laughs> right, but I'm saying like, and, and then they come in. And, like I feel like that's kind of like the right way to do things. I feel like that's how you guys have done things. Yeah. Whereas like you know some of like. You know, I don't want to. I'm not going to do any name dropping, but like, there's like like a brewery in my mind, for example, where it's like the beer is kind of so so, but like the atmosphere of the brewery is like, oh, it's great. come down here because it's like we have this big field and you can, you know, there's water you can and play bocce. Yeah, it's like you can do all this stuff while you're here, and it's like, and it's like, yeah, but like it's about the experience it's like more the, than the beer. I had a lot of fun while I was there, but like the the beer I drank was kind of whatever. Now nah, you're good. Don't worry about it. We so got some it's, people it's in the about- background. So it's about the experience, not the beer. There, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, like here, like you, you come in and the the beer is going to be top notch, if not as good as the experience. Better. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, that's nice to hear. Beer's phenomenal. Yeah, you do a good job. 
We actually just, uh, Souls and I, when we had to do the remote show through the snow, we bought the uh, the Blackhawk variety pack. A little VP. Nice. Mm. We got the uh, the what granola it? brown, the IPA, the... Um, hog lager. The Sexiest hog lager. Pilsner since 2016. Written right on the label. Mm-hmm. And then the, the seasonal one that we got was the last run of... The seasonals, right? Which was the yeah, so autumn the, nugget, the, the nugget, the nugget wet hop, yeah, nugget wet hop, nugget wet hop, so, which was like, delicious. Fantastic. I mean, just like you know, off the record, I'm being recorded, but it's fine. Um, throwing the word autumn or throwing the word summer, like putting yeah. a, a seasonality, a ta- like I mean, we've been at this for six years now. So the way the distributors, like, if you throw that physical season on the label, like I can't ship a summer beer to distro. After August 1st, they right. won't buy it. Exactly. And I can't ship an autumn beer to distro after uh, October 1st. Which is so bonkers because it's in the middle. I mean, not to. That's the middle again, of fall. We, we, I'm trying to name drop like breweries and stuff, but like the biggest culprit of that is Sam Adams. No, there you go. Like Sam Adams. They call it the seasonal shift. Yeah. But like, like we're, we're in February. So within the next 14 days, you're going to start seeing all of the Sam Adams summer ales coming out, and you won't be able to get them. In the summer. Ooh, what do we got here? So this is... Sorry, I'll get up closer to cam- the mic here. So this is kind of our... We literally we, have to swallow. We just mic. went up to the distro with this. So this is our zest. So this Wait, just, can you post this on social? No, I post away. Okay. So this is available now in the tasting room, and we're starting to distribute okay. uh, distro-wide. Um, this, um, we're doing um, a bunch of different series throughout the year, but this is part of our uh, hazy IPA series. So we're basically taking our hazy IPA, which is uh, one of our, num- our number one seller right now, doing really weight, and uh, playing off of that and doing different characteristics off of it. So this is our um, a our hazy rotator that we're releasing in the spring because it's not our spring seasonal because we can't say the word spring seasonal the other right. in distribution. So this is um, this is what we call zest. So it's basically a very similar malt build to what hazy was. Uh, change up the hopping very slightly. Uh, lower the ABV. And bring in some orange peel, so it's kind of, um, and then change the yeast strain. So it's a totally different beer, but uh, you know, but if we don't plan off that hazy, it's a hazy IPA, uh, dry hopped IPA with orange peel and uh, Belgian yeast strain versus our traditional. So it's a uh, leaning towards. It's kind of taking our hazy and melding it with a Belgian vit and bringing it together as one. And uh, like you said, uh, they come out with their white. The same Adam comes out with their white in February. I had to make this to have this come out right now. Because we're in February, this right. is when this has to come out, yeah, so that it can go to a distributor, so that it can, can go ready, so. to a shelf, so that when the when the just that first like three weeks that the that we break from snow into like nice warm weather, it's on the shelf, right, and people buy it. So then after that, people want summer beer. I you work know, it's in just the, like this crazy like distribution world is yeah bananas. I, I work in the industry. I know bananas. exactly what it's like. I, we have all these products that come out. Like we have uh, companies right now. I, I'm more in the spirits game, but like. We have the, all the spirits companies are starting to get into that seltzer game because that's that's blown up. Yep. And so a lot of them are like like right now it's like get it out, put it on the shelf so that when it gets warm it's there. It's already because once it's warm, the final the final not the final consumer but like the package store doesn't want to bring in more stuff. They've already got thirty SKUs of whatever, and like now's the time. And it's like it's real annoying because it's like. It's 10 degrees outside, yes. and you want me to sell a 4.2% seltzer? <laughs> it's like, you know how hard this is to do? They don't care about it being... So after a long morning of snow blowing, <laughs> come a nice, refreshing <laughs> seltzer. Come, 
No, so you got to really hit the spot. Flip side, you drink the seltzers while snowblowing, so you can still manage the snowblower. <laughs> there you go. And then you go in and open up the 9.8% stout. <laughs> so, Tyler, this might be a hard question, one I might not, I probably shouldn't ask. Oh, what is your nice. favorite beer that you have created here? Your personal favorite. God, this guy hasn't listened to the past podcast. No, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> he's out. Um, usually the one in my hand is the answer to that question every time I get it. It's, um, been, the, it's been the answer the past two times <laughs> no. we've asked it. Um, just because beer slash, in this case, I'm drinking a seltzer um, that we make here as well. But um, it's very situational. It's what That's time of the year enough. it is, what I'm drinking, what previously I drank, if I'm eating with it, if I'm not eating with it. You know, it's like there's a lot of different factors that goes into me deciding what I want to drink. Um, and enjoy. Um, right now, we were playing some disc golf around the brewery, so I was drinking a hum. So I got, you know, which is a organic hard tea seltzer that we make in-house that we got three different varieties. Uh, four, we did a little test batch here as well. So there's three out in the market. There's four if you come here. What's the third one? You got peach and cherry. Peach, cherry, and the citrus. Oh, okay. And, citrus, then, yeah. uh, and then we did a raspberry lime. Ooh, in house. I think we got a four, th- two or three cases left, just as like test batch. Because we're trying the big, the big thing with this. I mean, you mentioned you're in the industry, the seltzer game. Like we're trying to sell six packs of this. It's not going to sell. We're working on our variety pack. We got to get a variety pack in so that we can hand load them and spend a dick ton on labor and make no money off of them. But that's not the only <laughs> way we're going to fucking sell them. It's so stupid. But we got to make a variety pack, so we're going to have you know four different brands with three cans of each in the variety pack. So we're working on that, that fourth variety, which would be the raspberry lime, um, that hopefully should be ready. We just got some quotes in for the cardboard, and cardboard's really expensive right now if you're looking to buy. $150,000 worth of freaking cardboard. Um, <laughs> doesn't stretch as far as it used to? Doesn't stretch as far as you want <laughs> used to. Um, but yeah, so we're working on that for the, the spring slash summer, but uh, now hearing you, um, apparently we should have done it two months ago. So now we're behind <laughs> the eight ball again. Awesome. See, <laughs> no problem. You guys do it pretty well. It, well. And the thing, too, is like I feel like it's a little different for you because it's going to come from beer distributors. True. Whereas okay. like the spirits distributors ones, it's like... oh. All the the spirit game is always like when something beer related comes out that spirits can also be a part of, the spirits are always behind the eight ball on it. Yeah, the beer distributors like they're they expect to get, you know, like liquor stores and bars and restaurants expect to get things from their beer distributors all year long on seltzers, this, that, the other thing, but like from their liquor distributor, they don't. So when all these name brand seltzers and stuff like that come out from these like vodka brands and all these things, and it's like, ugh, who cares? But the beer ones, those will succeed. No, Always. Terrific. Good news. Good news. Is it 9 o'clock, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always 9 o'clock. Uh, uh, so get off the seltzers. Let's get back to beer. All right. So let's talk beer. So you told us about the Hazy Zest that's coming out. Do you got anything else that's uh, coming up in the fold that you can tell us about? Yeah. So, I mean, the uh, the Hazy Zest is the first of our Hazy Rotators. Uh, so there will be four of those throughout the year. Um we're also doing a sour series. If you're in the sour beers, we got a big fan. Big, yeah. So we're doing, um, we're trying to make it uh, approachable, kind of so it is, you know, does taste sour, but it's not like over the top crazy. Um, and uh, having it approachable for like beginning sour drinkers and as well as experienced sour drinkers, we're doing all kettle soured, so we're not doing any crazy fermentation on the back end. And then fruiting them with about 10 pounds. Uh, 10 pounds per barrel of uh, fruit puree added into those. So there's going to be, those are going to be coming out periodically throughout the year. Um, the uh, 
I'm really excited for the fall one of that. We're doing a blueberry muffin. Ooh. Sour. That's so going to be, be like blueberries, a little bit of cinnamon note in there. So we'll see how that all comes out. Um, and then we're doing, a, instead of a red, white, and blue, we're doing a, a black, red, black, and blue. So uh, raspberry, blackberry, blueberry for 4th of July. Nice. So those are going to be fun. And then we also have the coffee shop series. I see you sucking on the uh, Irish cream right now. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been, it's been littered through my social media and i've been like <laughs> delicious i've been sitting there like, like I, i've been like looking for because like i visit a lot of package stores every week and i, and I haven't i'm also in the wrong area for a, a beer like this where I, where I do most of my my business you're not going to find a, a smattering of craft beer and um i was I'm sitting here i'm like really hope he has some of that when we go there because i really want to try it and it was really really good word. smattering yeah, thank you. <laughs> Every once in a while, I, I throw in a, a five dollar word. Five, yeah. six, and uh, is that from uh, the five? A uh, ten dollar. Oh, I was thinking about the ten dollar boots from uh, the Cat and Hat comes back. I got, <laughs> I got a six and a seven year old. Yeah, and uh, I had to explain. I got a like, five year old. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, so like you read the you read the Cat and Hat comes back, and they're like the the pink juice is all over the dad's ten dollars shoes. They're like ten dollars isn't that much. It's like well, this was written in seventy four. Let's talk about like inflation. <laughs> yeah. Like I like it. Like it was yep. just like. Ten dollars is a lot of money at one point in your life, but not anymore. It's like, it, so I'm one of those people, like you know, we'll do the quick off-topic of kids. Um, <laughs> so I'm one of those people that, like, when somebody asks me a question, I can't answer it. That's just because it's that's how it works. Like I got I got to go into it. So like the other day, my five year old comes up to me and goes, "Why do why do hyenas laugh?" Whoa. And I'm like, well, let me talk to you about voice boxes for a second. Oh, that's <laughs> deep. Let's get into vocal cords. And like, let's deep. really make sure you don't under. And then at the end, just go, it's because it's what they do. It's because so what they, they do. Make. <laughs> like, just, it's what they do. Like, just get over it. It's how Walt Disney wrote it in The Lion King. So, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg does it, so they all do it. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find my, there it is, 2020 ABPs. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to go, go for deep here. Right? All right. Um, Opening. I gotta tell you, man, this this opening. this uh this box for the microphone thing. Real bummed that I didn't think about this when we had to do these every week. Because <laughs> yeah. the double arm up on here is super comfy. Yeah. Yeah. Real comfy. The one arm is a little rough because like my, my elbow is hurting from putting the pressure on it. Because I'm you know I'm a shape, not, you know, <laughs> not in shape. Round is a shape. Uh, so I gotta tell you, this hazy zest. Really think this is gonna be one of Kyle's favorite beers. Kyle's big on the hazy and the juicy. Uh, that's a big thing. What was Kyle's the beer last time we had. It was the mermaid. Oh, oh, you were here for the mermaid tears. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. that was forever I, ago. Ky- wow. Kyle, yeah, Kyle texted me. Kyle texted me anymore, every man. single Make week. <laughs> every Make single week, it. Kyle texted me, be like, just, just look for me and see if you find it this week. It, it, it so, was made once. So I have, the I have one a time you were here. <laughs> so it's I have never a question for you because I don't know about that beer. Was really good too. Do you keep all of your recipes of all the beers you've ever made? All right. No, of course I keep all the recipes. Yeah, I mean brewing is very. It's baking when it comes down to it, where like you got to have a very, um, like you certain like percentages of malts at a certain temperature create a certain mash profile, which create a certain sugar content, which create, you know, and then what, and then you get how much, what, what hops you add at certain <laughs> yeah. times throughout the boil to then what yeast you're adding at what fermentation temperature to then. How much hops and when you're this dry is, hopping. This is far too smart for all me. All like the smart. affect the beer along the way. It's science. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge. It's, it's a like huge you said, science. it's baking. It's not cooking. You know? oh, of course, cooking. It's like you, you can just look at something and be like more yeah. salt. 
Yeah. More salt tastes delicious. I yeah. got a question. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we oh, go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> how do you know what beer? Why like, Blackhawk? No. <laughs> <laughs> I already how do you know like, what beer you're going to keep making and what beer you're just going to make once? I was going to get up to pee, but I kind of want to hear the answer to this question. Uh, just pee in your pants. I mean, it's a. Uh, they're absorbent. No, they're not. I was, like, brewing is always, you know, I, I, was, I worked at a brew pub. Um, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and was like, you know, making 2,000 barrels a year, selling all of it over the bar. Didn't have to worry about distribution. And it was just like, I would just walk in and make whatever the fuck I want. And it was awesome. And super creative. Um, play around with a bunch of different recipes. Um, and then, you know, and brewing still is 50% art and 50% science, all blended together. And there's this whole thing. Um, now, six years into owning Black Hog Brewing Company, uh, brewing is 50% art. 50% science and 50% business. So we're at 150. So it depends which <laughs> and 10% hat. mental. <laughs> and it depends like we you know which which hat you're wearing at the time. The big thing, um, it really depends which hat you're wearing to decide if you're going to make that beer again. Um, my business partners wear the uh, the 50% business hat a lot more than I do. Um, so a lot of it is if like we sell out of it, and then the distributors want to buy it to then distribute it. It kind of makes that decision of like, hey, let's keep making this beer for distribution. That's like, but that's the whole distribution world. What's happening, like, you can only get here in the brew pub is just like, we make whatever the hell we want. It's awesome. Come here, grab grab a four pack. There's stuff here that we made, like mermaid tears that you keep asking for a year and a half later um, that we might not ever make again. And that's well, the best uh, part. You of just it. heard off, Kyle's heart. Off air, we're going to let's talk about what the cost is for that, and we'll, we'll, we'll gladly just, throw a GSWD logo on that beer. Oh, that's going to be that. that's going to be the the getting 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 drunk with sports uh, beer right there. The there mermaid go. tears remake. All right, we got to work this remix. Into it, let's. Uh, the doesn't remake. have to be. Have that'll that'll be our remix. Nah, I have a feeling we're eventually going to just so, abandon all so. sports and become a disc golf podcast. <laughs> he's still. He's like, wait, did it not sell? He's still. He's still. He's deep into it. So, um, I mean, here's the thing, Kyle. Like, too, like, Kyle's stuck on it. Yeah, you, you got to look at it from like the. It's a distribute. You can't distribute every beer you sell or every beer you make. No, I know. Just because, like, especially too, like, I mean, you just capacity wise, like, you have to make all those beers. <laughs> At a certain clip, in order to keep them on shelves. Yeah, I mean, like brewing- that's the one thing. Sorry, not to cut you off, but like that's the one thing that's really nice about Black Hog versus like a big brewery like a Two Roads, for example. Like I've worked retail, I've managed re- like big craft beer sections, and sp- specifically focused on the the local section of it. And something that we never ever ran out of in our section was Black Hog beer. We always had Black Hog beer. We always had the SKUs that sold. Even even something like that was in high demand all the time, like the Ginger Ninja. We might not have gotten 30 cases, but we always got some. And we always were able to have some so that people could buy them. But like a Two Roads, for example, they brew so many beers for distribution that even at the size that they're at, you run out of space. You can't brew that many beers. You can't brew 40 beers at a time. And especially because they all take different time. I mean, you talked about it before. Like You can't brew, you can't start a stout and an IPA on the same day and have them ready for distro the same day. It's not going to work. Nope. And you can't do a lager and an IPA the same day and have them ready for distro the next day, the same day. So it, there's a science behind it, and then, like you said, there's a different. There's there's three caps to wear, and you can only fit two at a time. So you can squeeze three every once in a while. But every yeah, once two in a while. at a time is kind but of. But that's important. what makes the tap rooms, especially like a place like Connecticut, where we have so many of these non-distribution beers, distribution breweries. Like that's kind of what makes it's like. I love everything they do that I can get on the shelf. So I know when I stop in there, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a couple things that I can't get on the shelf that I'm gonna love. 
Yeah, I mean, that's in like on the same vein there. I mean, like to be able to get our beer into a package store, uh, we have, you know, we, we go through distribution. We have a distributor that we have two distributors that cover the state of Connecticut for us. Um, and that's just Connecticut. We have distributors, different states around the country. But um, the the distributors, you know, we're one of, I'll, I'll loosely say, 100 breweries they have, which is probably a lie. They probably have 200 breweries. So, like, you think about, like, two, let's say 200 is a crazy number. They have 200 breweries. And those 200 breweries, every brewery wants to release 10 different brands, which doesn't sound crazy. I mean, that's two thousand brands of beer that they have to figure out how to sell through. The, so, like, like you said, he's probably shorting it. Yeah, like that, that's, that's that's a that's, that's a, a very low liberal estimate. estimate. Yeah, so I'm shorting all of that. So, like, you think about like, so you got two thousand different beers these distributors have to then sell. So the distributors are like, fuck that, I don't want two thousand quote unquote air quotes beers to try to sell. So they have to uh, cut from, off from, from like from Black Hog. I need to take what moves? What moves? Granola Brown, Hazy. Uh, we'll take some Ginger Ninja. Um, yeah, we're going to pay, you know, we'll only take Hog Lager in cans, but not on drafts because the cans, you know, like they just, they yeah. cherry pick what moves so that they can keep moving beer. And it's that double-edged story where like, I need a distributor because I need a truck to show up that I can load up seven pallets in the back of versus me hiring someone to drive around the state of Connecticut, dropping off cases here, half barrels there, logs there, and then me having to deal with figuring out to get those ke- those kegs back for one and the 745 different invoices he just created that one day dropping you know like it's it's that like I need the distributors cuz I need them to be able to distribute my beer throughout the throughout the state and but at the same time I'm I'm at their whim cuz they only want to carry the stuff that moves because they're a distributor. They're they're they don't they, they don't make the beer. They distribute the right. beer. They want stuff that moves quickly and stuff. That, you know, so it's like that that double edged sort of like they're the necessary evil. You need a distributor to not have like if I didn't have a distributor, I'd have I'd have to have a fleet of five trucks and like twelve guys running my distribution network just for Connecticut right. and try to get into a different state. It's just like it's crazy. Well, and so like I don't deal with beer, but like from the distribution standpoint, I can like jump onto it too. Like. Not that it's it's not necessarily right, but it's the way businesses run. You, you kind of look at it from like a where your bread is buttered standpoint. So like you think of it like we have at the company I work at, we have some small brand SKUs that only make one or two items. Like they maybe make it like a gin and a barrel aged gin. And those items are very well sought after items in Connecticut. People love them. They do really well, but we only take in 150 cases at a clip and... We don't do because at the end of the day, no matter how good it is, no matter how much it like superiors all the other gins, the company that owns Tangeray is go is going to they're they're spending more money with us. We're spending more money with them because of the brand. So it's like you talk about like like a company that distributes Blackhog might also distribute Corona. Yeah, like they're going to have to like. Fo- they, it, no matter how well Blackhawk sells, like they gotta focus. On, Corona's like you know, you gotta Corona. hit certain goals. You gotta do certain things. Cores, like, all those domestic big brands and even imports like the Coronas, the Heineken, things like that. There's just certain things that go into it. It's all politics. You know, you talk about that all the time. There's there's politics on everything. I wish that happened more. <laughs> all right, let's stop talking about distributors. Yeah, we're talking about making me angry. Let's well, talk about beer. I got questions let's talk about for beer you. and delicious about distributors. I got. I got two questions for you. Not about, about distributors? distributors. Oh, okay. All right. No, about beers. So, 
Oh, here we go. Oh, he's leaning back. He's leaning back hard. Well, hold on. I don't. You, you got to like, like ask questions. Organized. You so, got to ask questions about stuff. I'll like, put it back. So, <laughs> yeah, but like, does he want you to talk about that beer on the air? I'm not going to say specifically. This oh, beer. okay. All right. So, I noticed around here you got a lot of collaboration brews. They're, they're the best. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anybody that you haven't worked with yet that you would love to work with? Creative. Uh, Minx Cabaret. <laughs> 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 Be a, they'd be a great. I, I'll do a glittered seltzer with them. It'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> um, It'd be called the Panty Dropper IPA. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's another brewery. Anyways, uh, um, oh, is that an actual beer? No, oh, sh- it should be though. probably. It probably is. <laughs> I would say yeah. It's like Kendall has this running joke. Uh, give the mic to Kendall so we can talk about this. Kendall has this running goat. This running joke about band names. Running goat. Running goat. Tom Brady. He's the running goat. Um, he's, yeah. But uh, two year old walking out of a bar all drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Don't worry about that too. But it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like, anytime you can think of a really good band name, it's taken. Yeah, it's there's no way it's not it's, taken. It's happened. You know, they 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 made a song and it was unpopular. Like you think about the '90s to early 2000s, how many garage bands there were. Like just think, you just anything, you just think of it. Like 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 for example, like Flaming Lips. Yeah. Like just like that's a great name. It's like yeah, it's taken. Like any anything right. you can think I, of, I, I it's can taken. make a name right now. Blister Tree was a band. It happened. It yeah. existed. It's already existed. Probably can't find it. But Sonic it, Youth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it exists. The Frozen Koala. Was a thing, I'm sure. They probably played Great Scott. They were great, I'm sure. They're, 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 yeah, they're from New Zealand. You could think of literally anything, and it's probably been taken by a band. Southern I mean, New Zealand. Family yeah. Guy did it. Robes of Teal. They yeah. made that joke. Robes, oh, it's already taken. The name was the whole thing. All right, let's yes. talk about beer. Oh, you have, so you asked. I, the question. I can't remember what the second question was. So the collab. I mean, the truth is, like, yeah, we get, you get distracted. Getting and say Minx Cabaret. Get a weight off the side. <laughs> getting um, with drunk is his first answer. That's the biggest so collab he wants. Collaboration brews are really fun. I mean, I got one in the tank literally right now. We did with the Great Falls Brewing Company. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I hate to and go into the pre-COVID post-COVID, but like pre-COVID, it was like, hey, it's just like hang out and do a collab brew because it was like you do a collab with a brewery. And uh, you'd you know you'd hang out at the brewery, then you'd come for the release party, and you hang out for the release party, and you try your beer, and then some of your beers be on tap. So it's like a good back and forth for both breweries to get together, make a really cool product, uh, promote both brands at the same time to a, a different group of people that might not have tried your beer. Um, so now it's like the collab scene lately has really kind of faded, but we're trying to bring it back where we have the we're doing collabs with um, Grounds uh, Donut Shop. Out of Danbury, where they um, they came to me, actually came to me with a beer idea um, that they wanted to make, and I have another one kind of in the back of our in the back of our heads that we're trying to work on that because that one's actually literally all sold out. The glitter bomb, if you've been following Black Hog social media, the glitter bomb like did crazy. And if you haven't been, you should be. Yeah. So the the Black Hog Black Hog beer at Black Hog beer Black Hog Brewing Black Hog Black Hog on Facebook. Um, we're friends with all everything they have. Yeah, so. share, share it all. But the Glitter Bomb was just like, they came to me this idea because they are a, uh, a donut shop in Danbury that makes these like super sexy oversized donuts. And um, they source their own coffee. So they have like really great coffee, really great donuts, and like this. And they wanted they wanted a beer. And um, so basically we uh, contract brewed with them slash collabed with them. So they, they came and contract brewed. Uh, a little a seven barrel batch and you mentioned different sizes we're able to make seven's kind of the smallest we go up to and the smallest we can go just because of our production size so we do sevens uh seven fifteen thirty 
45, 60 barrels is kind of our window of different, different production sizes. But they came, so it was like uh, in the 16, in the 16 ounce can, that was like, you know, 75 cases. And they bought, we kept 25 of them for us here to sell in the, out of our tasting room. And they didn't have to pay for those. And then they paid for the rest of them and we were able to sell. And they were then they sold those um, at their place because they, they bought them. Uh, so it was a great collaboration in that way where we, you know, in this COVID times of like there was no tasting room sales, there's no nothing. They were they had a really cool beer they were able to sell out of their place. We had a really cool beer we were able to sell out of our place. Um, but, yeah, so the Glitter Bomb was a strawberry frosted donut golden stout with glitter added to it. Um, and it was ton of like actual their, glitter, right? Actual glitter, edible glitter. So it was, it was, you know, they came up with the idea and we just made it happen. Um, so now we're working on the next recipe. Um, I think it's going to be a key lime. So it's a continuing collab. Yeah. So we're working on the next recipe. It will be a key lime pie sour IPA Ooh. that they want to make with their key lime pie donuts. Because if, if you've never checked out grounds, that's got Lincoln written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be delicious. So those are, so I mean, that's one of the many collabs. Uh, the other brewery collab we got going right now is the Great Falls, the uh, peanut butter chocolate pretzel porter. They just literally brewed, la- what's today, Saturday? Yesterday. Brewed that yesterday. Um, so we just had that. That's in the tank for renting away. Um, How long is that going to go for? I mean, it'll be like two, two and a half weeks before that's packaged. Uh, but that's kind of, we're starting like a home and away collab stuff. We're like, they came us first, we'll go to them next. So that gives them, you know, it gives us a beer. Hey, we're doing a collab that we can do curbside delivery pickup stuff. Then we'll go to them. They can do a beer that they're doing curbside pickup delivery stuff. Because it's, we're just trying to, we're all trying to help each other out and make it through this. Make it all happen. Mm. We, we've we said it with every brewer we've gone to is that it's, you know, you guys compete, but you it's work together. A, it's, it's also a, a brotherhood. Yeah. Well, that right. that leads into my second question. So before all this pre-COVID stuff hit, um, you know, breweries were popping up left and right. They're going crazy. You know, these you got these microbreweries that are showing up. Um, smaller it's beers. Like micro is not even the word anymore. Now it's like there's like micro microbreweries. Yeah, yeah, sure. They're called nanos. Nano breweries. Nano That's, breweries. I couldn't think of it, so I just said micro twice. Yeah. So macro you know, micro macro micro nano. I guess, you know, power. speaking of a brotherhood, I guess that kind of answered my question, but do you find that these random breweries that are popping up are hurting the culture of breweries like this, or do you find that they're helping just, you know, kind of spread, um, I guess, the creativity and... Um, we got philosopher mass on the coin like today. Well, so I guess my question is, does it help or hurt the industry that you have so many of these smaller breweries popping up as opposed to just having a couple bigger ones and some smaller ones, I guess, along the side. Can I take a guess to the answer? Yeah, please. All right, this is my guess. I'm really curious. All right. I think it helps, and my reason for it is because so many of these nano breweries that pop up are are not distribution eligible or don't have the funds or means to do so. So it brings people i mean we see it in connecticut there's a big thing i forget what it's exactly called but it's like the connecticut beer trail or whatever it is yeah. where you get the passport yeah. and you get stamps for every brewery you go to and i know that with covid that obviously took a huge hit but pre covid you know like we said the pre covid life um it entices people to come to a place like this but at the same time those breweries popping up while it might take away from overall like taproom business they're not going to find those beers on the shelf. They can't take those beers to parties. Right. You know, they're not selling cans. You know, they might have growlers, you know, and stuff like that. But 
I mean, you're not taking a growler to a party. And so, I mean, you're an asshole. Unless you're Kendall. <laughs> yeah. Just. Kendall, would you like to chime in? <laughs> No, no, it just would be ridiculous. But, um, just for the ride there. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember your time, I remember when I went to Chicago, I paid I paid $197 for a cooler with dry ice to bring home four growlers of beer that was only available in the brewery at Goose Island. That's pretty cool. Because I tried them all while I was there. I loved them. And I was like, I wanted to bring them home because I wanted to enjoy them like at different times and it was such a it wasn't a waste of money because like i did enjoy the beers but realistically it's like i opened the ground I was like all right 64 ounces tonight That's let's what I'm, do this, this I, I almost broke my face at the goose island brewery yeah but um, <laughs> like real bad so my long story short my answer would be like it helps because it it, it, it entices people to try other tap rooms and try other brewery experiences but at the same time like when people are going to events parties concerts again all pre-covid they're not going to get those beers right. while they're out shopping. And because they love what the small brewery does, they'll be willing to try the small brewery stuff from the package store versus like the, oh, let me see what Founders has or Dogfish Head or something like that. It's like like Blackhawk. It's local. It's small. You know, they've got five or six SKUs on the shelf. Let, you know, let's try those things. That's my guess. I, I, I really love that idea. Um, it might not work. But no, I mean, I mean, the, the general idea of like saying like having people go to their their local and try craft beer and then say, hey, next time I'm at a store, being able to w- try something that's not macro or like craft macro, like you mentioned, like founders right. or like the big guys. Um, that's where we've kind of like gone now. It's like, like yeah. you, you've developed into, I mean... It, the first time I remember really hearing about it, I mean, Sam Adams is kind of was kind of like the front runner and like the Kraft Macro, because they, they're national distributed right now. Yes, like I think, I think they're. So. Oh yeah, they're in Cali and all that stuff. So yep. like they're kind of like, but like, you take them out of the equation. The first time I really heard about it was a lot of people in the craft industry before all these big blowups of nano breweries and even a lot of these micro breweries. Um, probably right around the time that you guys started open was like the real big like pissed off in the the, the craft beer market about goose island selling selling 49 percent to ab yeah and some people were like it's brilliant because now they can nationally distribute what's ab but they still huh anheuser-busch anheuser-busch <laughs> <laughs> it's like some people were like in the camp of it's brilliant because they can nationally distribute and they might take a hit a little bit on some of their big skews like their their ipa and whatever but like all their their small shit like their their seasonal stuff or their bourbon county is all still in-house because they own the majority of the brewery and like that stuff is still like they own i think ab opened up a brewery in upstate new york yep. and i believe there's one in like san fran or something like that no i mean the, that that's about the same time that's when friggin' uh and then founders uh, was it not founders um no scalping who did scalping uh ballast, ballast point, point was ballast bought. point got bought by like one billion dollars a little yeah. while a couple years later Thus, since that ballast point, that facility is closed, and I think there's a. Uh, I've never been a fan of their beer. The non, what's the hell's the non-alcoholic uh, athletic brewing company? Yeah, bought one of the ballast point production facilities to put a second facility out west. Yeah, fucking crazy. Yeah. Those guys are crushing. I mean, the non-alcoholic beer scene. I mean, side note, nothing we're doing at all. Like right. it's just crazy what they're out and doing. Um, they get around a lot of laws, and they're able to ship direct to people. Like. There's a lot of cool things about it, but they're making the non-alcoholic beer. Into the, but I mean, that's like, I mean, we got super deep into like distribution and shit. Yeah, yeah, and like but yeah, we macro, started talking macro. about this. But, so, what's um, your thought on the smaller breweries? But to talk about like how, how the um, 
smaller breweries really kind of like transitioned and like I I agree with the idea where like yes a discerning palate that goes to the local spot and drinks a beer and says oh cool craft craft I mean assuming this is the big assumption that their local spot is making quality craft beer right um they're like oh local craft beer can make delicious stuff I'll try something a local when I'm at the packager that is the like that's the like the the ideal situation. I honestly think a lot of it um, with the big explosion is that everyone got excited to drink not local but hyper local. Yeah, and said, "Hey, I can go to this place and walk home." Right? Does their so beer like suck? It doesn't fucking matter. Like if you're, it's from, close to my house and I can yeah. walk home. In the grand, you know, like in that's the grand really scheme scary, of things, yeah. if you live in Storrs, Connecticut, in the grand scheme of geography, if you live in Storrs, Connecticut, Blackhawk's mm-hmm. local. But the hyper locality, yeah, not anywhere. It's, it, right, it, yeah. it, it's nowhere near. But and that's where I think, like, that's why, like I said, like the butt portion of it with the distribution, because like they'll be willing to try you guys because they can get you at their <laughs> store. But like you know, something like a Kinsman, mm-hmm. you know, like they're never going to try Kinsman yeah. if they're not willing to drive out there. And like at the end, it's it's hard. I mean, maybe not everyone thinks like this, but like for me, like if I go to a brewery, I want to try several things if i've never been there i want to try what they have that's dark i want to try what's light i want to try that they have a sour an ipa lager whatever you know seltzers whatever it is i want to try what they're all about because i don't want to drink one or two pints of the same thing and then be like okay my assumption of black hog brewery is what the irish cream coffee milk stout was all about yeah that's black hog brewing in my mind you had yeah that's what they have that's that's what that's what i had that's what they're all about because you'd be super wrong like so at the same time like so, I'm not a good example, but like I can't drive thirty minutes to go to a brewery and then be like, "That's all I'm doing," because then it's gonna be like, "Well, Paul's not driving home." Right. Yeah. Like, well, I, so the reason I asked, I'd this be question. the biggest hotel proprietor in all of Connecticut if that was. You the have case. some really good points in your credit card. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of so the reason I asked this question is because, as uh, what I would say is the novice beer drinker of this group, you know, when I go to the package store. There's so much shit on the shelves. I I don't know where to turn. Cause like, it's usually Coors Light where you end up. Listen, I haven't ended up at Coors Light in a while. I think I've been pretty good at ending up at... Trying to do some Rocky Top disc Oh, God. Oh, please no. Are those mountains but, blue? No, they're not. I wouldn't drink them. So, they're not blue. But, but my question is just like... Those are made with fresh urine water. Uh, so the reason I ask that question is just because... Yes, you know, the idea is that they can collab and, you know, they can make more interest in the idea of breweries like that, but they they just flood the market with a bunch of shit because not all that beer is good. I'll straight up say it. it. There's a lot of beers. I went We went over to Kendall's house to go watch the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship games. Major bummer that day. Yeah. Yep. I, I, uh, I bought um, a six-pack over at... Uh, one of the packages. You did a mix of six. Yeah, I did a mix of six, and I think two out of the six beers were enjoyable. Um, I mean, so the problem you run into, and, and uh, not to cut Tyler off, but like from a lot of retail experience, the problem you're going to run into with the mix of six is, it, in theory, it sounds like a great idea because, oh, I get to try six different beers from six different breweries, six different types, but the package store. Just like everybody else in the chain, from the from the person who makes the beer all the way to the person who sells the beer at their store, you know, Tyler's hitting a certain margin. The suppliers are hitting a margin. 
the package stores hitting a margin, and then the final consumers trying to stay within a certain price point because the majority of people try to ball within their budget. So when you the, – the, the single beer, while it is a great idea because it gives you the ability to buy one beer and try it, and if you don't like it, no, no money lost, the markup on – for most package stores, the markup on a single beer is bonkers insane because you'll go in and it'll be – you know, the granola brown, it'll be, I, I don't know, what's the suggested retail for a, a six-pack of granola brown? Uh, 11 dollars So it might, I was, uh, was going to guess that too. Fuck, I should have just said it. Um, it just went up to, from 10 to 11 yeah. So eleven ninety nine, $12 six-pack, right? So you're in, in your head, you're like, it's two bucks a can. I would pay two bucks a can, no problem. But then you get to the single shelf and it's three twenty five a can. Yeah. And, and, and it adds up. I mean, your mix, I'd be willing to bet your mix of six was more than $20, right? I think it ended up being a little over twenty five dollars. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Because the individual markup screwed. on single cans is is so ridiculous that people do it once. They see what, like in theory, you're like, oh, six different beers, six different styles, six different breweries. This is great. And then you're like twenty nine dollars, and then they never do it again because well, three of them were bad. You it, know what I mean? It's, it's less about them. It's just there's so much shit out there to pick from. Like there's a brewery company that I know that Paul likes to make fun of me for for drinking beers from saying that they suck <laughs> it is not course what brewery is it because I'm, uh, I'm not going to name drop them i'll name drop them off can the you air. whisper mouth them to me sure right um like right now super curious yeah you suck for that yeah exactly so but no. there's some <laughs> I'm glad so, you didn't name drop. but there are some of their beers that i enjoy but there's besides that it's just like uh do i gravitate towards the ones that i know that i've liked do I spread out and do I try? But if you spread out, there's so much shit to try and pick from. So that's why I was curious if having all these breweries is a good thing for the industry or a bad thing. I'll let you have the final answer on it so we can move on to talk about actual your beer. <laughs> and I mean, I will say the grand scheme of things, more the merrier, get more people drinking beer. I mean, that's what it's all down to. I mean, there's different breweries that are different levels of people's palates of drinking. Like someone who's just coming off of a uh, 30 rack of Bud isn't going to drink a Black Cog beer. So they're going to need a transitional. That's mock. They're, yeah. They're going to need a transitional craft beer <laughs> to then be able to even pick that. Hog lager. Yeah. Well, I mean, even before hog lager, people won't even try hog lager coming off of Bud. You know, they need to have that experience in between Black Hog, in between the 30 rack of Bud. To before they hit Blackhawk. And yeah. I totally understand that. And, like, there's craft breweries within that spectrum. And, I mean, Blackhawk is not at the high end of the spectrum by any means. There's there's some really... High quality end. High quality end. But, like, if you're, like, super beer geeky, like, we're not at the high end. There's We're, like, we're not doing mixed firms and doing, like, bottle conditioning on fucking everything. You're you know, not like, making beers with goat cheese. Yeah, and like, it's like, the, we, we, we make... I'm sorry, what the fuck? <laughs> mixed firm? Oh, mixed, excuse me. Uh, mixed mixed fermentation with different uh, yeast strains and bacteriums and like you know there's like you can get like super geeky on beer you know yeah. and and there's some breweries that like live there they live in the super geeky world you know like and it's evil twin yeah I mean evil twin evil lives twin in that realm lives in that realm making we made a we made a double triple milk stout with habanero puree and and, and, <laughs> and goat's chocolate. milk lactose it doesn't sound good but I would try it I know but that's the thing that's like, exactly what it is it's like the this is real bizarre. I have to try. It. Try it once, yeah. So I mean, that's where Evil Twin lives. I mean, for sure. But like, you know, at, we're in that mid range. Dollars or four. Pounds. Yeah. So it's like, my final answer is I, as of right now, yes, the brewery, the amount of breweries we have in the industry is great, and it's bringing more people to the market. 
And I just hope they have a canning line because that's the only way they're getting through Corona right now, being able to distribute yeah. their beer. I have a quick question, Kyle. I don't mean to. You've been asking. Is your question related to what we were just talking about? No, I was gonna. I was gonna kind of lead into the the beer. Okay, so let me ask one more quick question. So you opened in 2014. You said right. Yep. When did you produce Hog Lager? 2016. 2016. Okay. So I mean that was pretty close to the the inception. So it might be a kind of an well exception. that was something where I tried like I purposely like I was trying to get horizontal lagering tanks in here. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I wanted to make a lager and a horizontal fermenter, and like it just didn't happen. And then I finally put on my business hat and said, "Fuck it, I'm going to make a delicious lager and a vertical fermenter," and it's still great, and I love it. But you yeah. know, but like you know, as my pure brewing, like creative artist side, I would love to have horizontal lagering fermentation tanks that I fermented these out in. So that's why it took me two years to yeah. physically make the beer. Do you think that? Uh, so my question from that was: uh, Do you think a lot of breweries, because there's, there's there's a lot of breweries that kind of stray away from, or if they do make them, they don't advertise them as much in terms of like the Pilsners and the Loggers because of like the craft beer snobs. That, because with all these microbrewers and nanobrewers that have popped up, there's definitely like a craft beer snob world where it's like, like it's got to be like the, the double, triple IPAs and the, the, the milk stouts and <coughs> things like that. But um, thanks. Thank you for coughing in the microphone. That's yeah. super helpful. <laughs> I just grabbed this mic to cough. Like, here you go, Kendall. <laughs> he tried to like say something. I don't know what he said. No, no, that's not even Riddler. Riddler. He's calling you a beer snob. How am I a beer snob? The last time I drank a show, I drank three hog loggers. So my question is like, do you think like it's, there's a real risk in making like a lager or a pilsner because of that crowd? Because of like the, uh, it's not an IPA, it's not it's not a stout, it's not a sour, so it might not. Yeah, sell. so I mean, there's there's the you're talking about like the 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 craft beer snob crowds that are into the double, triple IPA, quadruple high drop. Is it hazy enough? Whatever the lactose shit. There there stuff. there's a subculture within the beer snob culture that is the crispy boy culture that like only what the hell is the crispy boy? So, so the crispy boy culture is there's these beer snobs that like critique the shit out of your lager. Is yeah. it is it but cause, See, be, cause because 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 yeah no for sure because the lager as a brewer you're making a really low ABV really low flavored clean crisp liquid. So if you have any flaws within your brewing process, they'll be shown. Right, like it's not. So it's hard to make a really low necess- ABV lager. It's not necessarily an easy beer to make. No, like that's not the standpoint but I'm taking from time. a pilsner or a lager. Why are they called the crispy boys? But hold on, but like from like it's not necessarily easy to make a lager or a pilsner. That's not what I'm saying. And we don't. We, I mean, we don't know the first thing about brewing a beer. We I mean no. we we've seen hop names and, and malt names Boiling. and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Brew beer, you open a can. Done. Next yeah, exactly. problem. Yeah, exactly. Brew. Brew. You just take some liquid. You put it in a silver thing. Maybe sometimes put it in a wood thing. And then you put it in a can and crack. Yeah. But um so not that making a lager or a pilsner is easy, but like that's where kind of where I standpoint. Like like if I try a, a a brewery and like I'm not super sold on the IPA or whatever, or I'm not super sold on the stout, and then like, okay, let me try their lager, and I'm like, this is kind of like whatever. Like it's not bad, but it's definitely not good. I'm kind of like like that kind of sets a standard for me for what the everything the brewery is gonna do is. Cause it's and that might be the wrong stance to take because, like I said, it's not easy to brew a beer. Like you said, it's no, all science. I'm, I mean, so I say like, I like I shit on Budweiser earlier, but like Budweiser, um, they make the exact same flavored beer 
across the country with different water profiles, like, taste the exact fucking same. Right. Every fucking time. And that is goddamn amazing. Like, right. they're, like, brewing chemists. Right. You're not going to. So that's gonna very go to difficult Louis to do. Very difficult to do because because it's Budweiser is low ABV. There's no flavors. It's, it's, there's nothing in the there. The Budweiser so, in St. Louis isn't going to taste any different than the Budweiser you get no, in Oregon. Because like the Budweiser in Oregon, they literally take the water through an entire water treatment plant, strip the water down to H2O water, no minerals, no nothing. Yeah. And then they back salt it with all the exact same characteristics that would be in St. Louis so that a water profile that they're brewing with throughout the whole process is the exact same so that the beer tastes the exact same. Like, there's a reason that... Fucking like, insane. Like that the, sounds very difficult There's a reason the do. European beers all taste different in Europe yeah. than they do here. Yeah, because like, that's a big thing. Like, my brewing professor in UC Davis was like, you give the exact same br- recipe to a different brewer across the country, it's going to taste different because that, the, like, the true thumbprint of a brewery is its water profile. Like, what is in the water and how that affects the yeast fermentation, how that affects the hops flavor coming out. Like, just across the board, like, it changes the beer. It's crazy. Yeah. All right, Kendall, let's answer to your question and then... Yeah, well, it's... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Why the Crispy Boys? You wanted to know. Oh, because loggers are super crispy, so the Crispy Boys are crispies. Understood. Thank you. (laughs) The internet is also undefeated. Um, But... Uh, but to lead into you know all all the you know the beers that are you know we're gonna profile and admit everything you know on the rosters I just wanted to uh, commend you guys you know because you know the COVID really turned especially this industry kind of upside down but to my knowledge and my recollection you guys are one of the first guys to like you know hey you can't come to us we'll come to you you know all, all the beers you like that we make. We, we can bring to you, and I think that sure. was a really cool thing, especially for, you know, the industry as a whole, but for the, the people who grow accustomed to coming to these type of places. Well, and a lot of the, the big breweries, you know, so there's a lot of the, the big breweries um, without, like, name dropping, but, like, hey, we, we are continuing to make these real obscure, interesting – we had one on the show. Uh, you know, we'll name drop, whatever, because we're never going to get in with them anyway. So it's, um <laughs> Two roads dropped everything, everything but the kitchen sink. Souls, you tried that. You liked that one. The everything but the, it was a good beer, but in order to get it, it was a brewery release only. You had to go to Stratford and pick it up. Now I saw that on social media and thought Souls would love this, and I go to Stratford every day for work. That's why I got it. But if I still worked in Middletown, I would never. I'm not going to drive. Or if you're me. Right. I'm not driving. I'm not to driving to fucking Stratford to get a four pack of beer. No right. matter how good it is, I can get a good beer near me. Right. Black Hog offered statewide distribution personally on top of what you could get at your package store. So some of these brewery release things like they do, like they, they, these like Black Hog makes these amazing these Bretts and these these Scoby snacks and which you can't get right now Scoby snacks, but well, you, you keep bringing up the Scoby snacks. Well, you love that Scoby snacks. It was so good. It was very good. That and the Five Grande. The five, Oh, that was our 5 year anniversary. It was so good. All right. You yeah, should have another five-year anniversary. That's why it's so good, because yeah, yeah. I put it here. You should have another five-year anniversary. Yeah, we'll have another five-year anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning 49 again. That's when we you know. Perfect. Huh? That's when we came the last time. Yeah, the last time, I it, was, it was right around that, that time. The no, that was the fir- the, no, the five grande was the first time we came, because yeah. that was 2019. Then we came, I think we came in early 2020, right? Yes. Did we, did we do something? We didn't, anyway, it doesn't we, matter. We weren't here in 2020. We've, we've been here twice. Yeah, we've done two things. So I think there were separate times. So yeah, I mean the big thing about like yeah the we talk about how distributors they only want to take in this select little window of stuff that they can sell fast and yada yada and they're all about volume. Like 
COVID has turned into, into a, a delivery of service. We do delivery every Wednesday and every Friday statewide in Connecticut, which is awesome. And like, if you want to go deep, we have a bunch of different cool. Um, well, that's what we're talking about. Some, of, try some, of, the, some of the biggest names in Connecticut craft beer. You know, if you want to, you know, I, I say biggest based off volume, not and skews, not yeah, off yeah. quality, but like they don't offer that service, and so that was hindered. We we talked about two roads. Uh, I saw on social media they had a beer, everything but the kitchen sink, something that's right up Kyle's alley, and because I'm in Stratford for work, I picked up a four pack. <laughs> I, I picked up a four pack for him, but if oh, I still here we worked go. in Middletown, oh, or if I work, I live in Prospect. If I worked around Prospect, I'm not going to drive to Stratford to just get that four pack. Kyle, yeah. you better drink like, that. That's now. not the beer person I am because I know that there's really good beers out there from other people. Like I don't, I don't need to add, you know, twenty miles to my car, yeah. five dollars in gas, and then spend eighteen dollars on the four pack. Because I can get something just, and then you guys offered the statewide the statewide delivery service. Yeah, I mean, here's a good example of how like not only like good quality beer you guys have, but how like you're willing to like go out and make sure you can reach as many people as possible. Jason from Connecticut Disc Golf got beer delivered to his house after you and him met each other. Yeah, and he lives two blocks from you. Yeah, right, hundred percent. You have a delivery van in your driveway most times. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to order it because it's going to come right to my front door and I'm going to have it when I want it. No, it was, it was. I mean, we decided to do the the delivery um, just because it was, you know, we were, we were able to do it. So we tried to do it. So we have a- uh, You're vaccinated, Mark. Pete, one of our, uh, one of, one of our tasting room employees kind of joined up and basically shows up. He's got his dog in the front seat, picks up, drives around the state, drops you right off your door. So we do a Wednesday run and a Friday run. And- um, we have all the stuff that's brewery only available on that. While it's a, while it lasts, it might kick, and you know, might we might go, run out of cans, and we'll be able to deliver it to you. Um, but the uh, we actually do um, five gallon logs to your door as well, um, so you can get if you have a kegerator at the house, we, we can hand deliver the logs right to your house. So I mean, it's like you know, we deliver anything and anything to you know anything that's available. If you wanted to walk through Blackhawk Brewing's door and buy it from us, we have it available for delivery as well. Right, and we're doing really cool like. Um, that's what's awesome. Yeah, we're yeah, doing collaborations absolutely. too. Not just the granola brown and the ginger ninja, but people can buy the disco series. They can buy some of the the twenty or it's not twenty two ounce. What are those bottles? What's they're, the? They're sixteen point three. Sixteen point three ounces, twelve ounces, sixteen ounces. All these different things they can get them. Yeah, and like you said, logs. No yeah, logs. And, if you, but yeah, so and we're also doing. We did a thing with a. We did a couple pickup only stuff where we did, hooked up with Almo. Um, which is a um, place down in New Haven to make banging bagels. Their bagels are so awesome. Really great schmear. So we did a a, a bagel, a, a bagel Good and word. beer brunch. Yeah. So we had a you know pre order. You select your either your six or your baker's dozen. Select all your schmears you want. If you want smoked locks, like oh, the whole nine, a couple different beers to go, and like you would come and you come pick them up on a Sunday. A little yeah. you know we're doing stuff like that, and we're trying basically just trying to do the best we can with what we got. So what's Kendall, the, what's was the, there an actual hold question? On, what's, the, what's the best beer you guys have that pairs with locks? Because you said locks, I'm so I'm super curious. What's the what do you think is the best beer you have? I'm not a locks fan. I don't I can't tell you what locks taste like. <laughs> I've never even tried them. Um, you ever had salmon? <laughs> I mean, not in locks form. I've had it in sushi. Is it the same taste? No, as it doesn't. Sushi? Nah, sushi's a different taste. All right, I don't, I've it, never. If, the whole, if like, you, if you were to like grill up some salmon and fish together, like I'm just not. 
He just, I'm out. That's the fair. The appropriate <laughs> term is salmon spread. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I mean, I had gefilte fish once in my, own, you know, I was like, well, this is awful. You know what's funny is I love the taste of lox. <laughs> Super derailed. I love the taste of lox, but I can't eat it because it has the consistency of cottage cheese, and that grosses me out. Listen, lox I'm is delicious. I've only seen lox as like slices, but I still don't understand it. Makes it's no sense. Delicious. That's all you need to care about. I, I thought it was just thin sliced salmon. You've only had gefilte fish. Gefilte fish is awful. Don't do that. Gefilte fish is pretty terrible. So, slight preview of the hazy zest. Uh, Tyler was kind enough to let us try it. Well, we'll do beer reviews at the end. Fucking buy it. It's delicious. Let me try. I just gave it to you. Beer reviews at the end. So we we kind of missed the starting line. Let's get let's get into the beers before we run out of time completely. So. The starting lineup is kind of be all encompassing because we've all tried different types of the beers, but Tyler, as always, was very nice to supply us with beers Thank to drink during much. our time here. So we had the the hazy ale, the CTE style juicy IPA. We had the makes you hum black cherry seltzer. Is it black cherry or just cherry? Black cherry. Black cherry seltzer, as well as the peach. We had the always popular granola brown ale. Um. And the, the Irish cream. cream coffee milk stout. Am I leaving anything out? The hazy zest. And then, and then we we yeah we teased about the hazy zest. And Tyler was nice enough to let Kyle try the hazy zest, which he then passed around the room. Head because you know COVID. Um, yeah, just spread it. Hey, you you're vaccinated. You should have been the one that drink it. Yeah, that's the same amount. But um, I also, I also so, don't want to be last in that rotation. That's fair. So that's the starting <laughs> lineup. So let's kind of let's talk about each one. I guess. You want to talk about each one we tried? And we'll kind of go around and, I mean, I can't foresee any anything less than four and a half stars out of five, just because nothing's perfect. <laughs> Look at him trying to, like, tease the crowd already. Force your force your vote in the right direction. Yeah. Good. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Hey, I mean, I liked everything I drank today. <laughs> yeah. And I drank one of everything that there is to drink today. Yeah. Well, actually, that's not true. I didn't have the hazy. I saved those for souls. Nice. should have had one. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I'll probably just buy some. Souls, tell us about the hazy. I'm not walking out of here with less than a case of beer. <laughs> description mass, dick. <laughs> no, so, no, we're not going to let Kyle tell us about the hazy. We have the guy who made it. That's fair. We're going to let him tell us about the hazy. So hazy is the CT-style juicy IPA. So the the hazy New England-style, quote-unquote, uh, we decided that um, you know CT has their own their own their own vein of that New England-style IPA where it is... It's not like super muddy in the background, a little bit cleaner in the background, definitely citra forward, um, uh, oatmeal based on the mouthfeel. So we did that, like, um, kind of played off all of that. So the hazy has this really great kind of pineapple y note to it because it's a mixture of the citra and the Simcoe blended together. And then a really like soft front end with a clean finish. I would have said the same thing. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Talk about sticking the landing. <laughs> turbo putt. Jump, jump turbo putt. Jump turbo putt. For the win. Uh, so we, we didn't say that was Kobe. That was uh, Kareem. 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 Yeah. That's Kareem the Kareem one. It. it was quacktastic. <sighs> quacktastic, for sure. There it is. So I, I've actually, I've yet to have the hazy. Me too. So I, I can't actually. Definitely take some home. It's, it is. Yeah, I can't give a solid review, but like I said, I'm, I mean, it's. It'll be on the every show. Every time we've come here, I've walked out with a case of beer. I mean, last time we were here, I think Kendall and I split the tab on a case of bombers. Or not bombers, not not bombers, but like they're five hundred milliliter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bottles. Yeah, glass no, bottles. Because we bought a bunch of the looks from we Rebecca. bought a bunch of the disco pig. We bought a bunch of the other stuff. Well, here's the thing. I mean, 
we drank it for the shows. We didn't drink it for casual, so we could review them on the shows. So it lasted us almost two months. So <laughs> and, it, and it's a business expense at that point. Exactly. <laughs> Write it off. Write it off. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we get a sponsor, this is technically a business, so we can write off beer, right? Perfect. Listen, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> so this, I mean, you can write all that off. Unreimbursed travel expense right here. You drove all the way here. 52 cents a mile. I'm not, worried about that. I'm not worried about that. I get my, I get my gas 100% reimbursed. Yeah, the rest of, of us don't. Yeah. Fair that's enough. The, that's the best thing ever. I drive a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle doesn't drive. My company's just like, hey, how much How much gas did you buy this this, this month? Uh, $187. $7, cool. Here's, Here's $187. Cool. That works out nice. Very nice. Yeah. I did them a favor by getting a hybrid. There you go. Um, so what's the next beer we're talking about? Let's talk about the Irish cream. The Irish cream, yes. Um, so Man, this I is. I was so uh, pumped about this. Sorry, not to cut you off. I was so pumped about this coming in here and fucking delivered. It yeah. delivered. Good. Literally looked at oh, it and it was like, so good. Tyler, what is this? I want it. This right is now. the definition of like if you had a coffee milk stout, they don't all taste the same. Yeah, they're not the same beer. Like the coffee on this was like. Like I think Kyle could even drink this type of beer because Kyle's not a big dark beer fan and he doesn't like coffee. But like the coffee on this was like it was perfect. It was so good. Like Kyle could get through the coffee on this without being like, oh, all I taste is coffee. So, suddenly my can was empty and I didn't know why it was that good. <laughs> it was yeah. your phenomenal. Psychopath. No, I mean, so yeah, the we're doing a bunch. They were doing six of these throughout the year. Um, so this is the first one, the Irish Cream Coffee Milk Stout, um, and they're all based off of our our. Our coffee milk stout. So it's our, our coffee shop series variant of our coffee milk stout. The coffee we use is a uh, Great Minds Coffee, um, really great local roaster. And um, you mentioned like the coffee flavor changing, and like it does. Literally every batch of coffee milk stout has a slightly different variant of coffee added into it. Where I give them, I give them carte blanche. Where I was like, hey, I need. I know. Basically, I, I ordered 15 pounds of coarse ground coffee, and I was like, I need five pounds of espresso, and then 10 pounds of whatever you get, whatever you want to give me, and I let them decide what's cool, what's interesting. Um, they also drop drop off like little like the one pound packages of like micro roasted stuff that mm-hmm. I get to like put in the coffee pot and drink in the morning, which is nice. Um, but every batch itself of pure coffee milk stout gets variants of the different coffee backbones to it whether it's Ethiopian or uh, South American or across the board. Um, then we take that and then evolve it into these coffee shop series where this is the the Irish cream. It has that just like really like luscious Irish cream back note to it. Riddler is walking in with something and I cannot tell what it is. Oh, it's his beer, it's journal. beer journal. All right. He's writing it's stuff down. Beer, beer review journal. That's a good, good, good He's move He's going to slap a logo in there. <laughs> well, listen, after all this, I would want to. Yeah. What was that? The 4.8. 4.8. All right. Gives them a 4.8 in the Irish cream. Um, so, yeah. So, again, we're having six of those throughout the year. Um, caramel macchiato. Uh, there's going to be a... Down Rita. There's going to be a, a pumpkin spice latte in the fall. There's going to be the... Uh, we're going to bring back the um, gingerbread s'mores in the winter. Ooh. Uh, there's a French vanilla, you know, so we're kind of going through all the coffee shop flavors along throughout no, the year. It's, it's a really awesome idea, and, you know... To be able to have it, you're like kind of one into the next. You know, it keeps it keeps like in people's minds, like oh, what, what's going on with the, the coffee series? Yeah, exactly. Um, and we, we review it perhaps every time, but it's worth mentioning. I mean, stop me if I'm wrong. The granola brown is kind of like the, the flagship beer the staple here. Yeah, I mean, granola brown. Like you know, it was. You know, I'd like to say it was our flag. I mean, I guess. Do you want to review it for us since we all drink it here today? Yeah, yeah. What's what's flagship? I mean, flagship. If you're wearing my. 
if I'm wearing my like brewery hat is the most creative, interesting beer that sells, you know, if I'm wearing my business hat is the one that sells the most. So like right now we're kind of back and forth. Granola Brown has been since day one, our number one. Hazy has since taken that slot, which is, you know, I mean, it's a great beer in itself. It's beer of the moment, perhaps. The, yeah, but it's like, but a Granola Brown is, is, is our flagship, is our number one. It is an oatmeal based brown ale where we use and both flaked, delicious. malted, both flaked and malted oats to give you the malt feel up front. And I'll uh, play around with some other malts in the background to give you some like raisin and chocolate notes, but it really finishes clean. Um, super drinkable brown ale. So if you're, if you're into, if you're like, oh, dark beer is gross, quote unquote, try the granola brown because it's just like, if you like coffee, you like chocolate, you're going to love this beer. Quick, quick question. Um, can I take the stickers off these cans? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, so the funny part is, is most of the ingredients he said for the granola brown, I don't like, but I love the beer. <laughs> yeah, the beer is fucking delicious. <laughs> I was like, oh, oatmeal, nah. But uh, something just comes together. It's usually the the beer that if I hear it on a tap list somewhere, that's kind of the the remote drop. I'm like, yep, bring one of those. Yep, Thank that's you. That's what I'm going to be getting. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I'm, I mean, we have beer journals for the show. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I like it. Because I'm not too. I mean, I'm not a big dark beer guy, but there's a few that I do relish in. Really, only two. A relish beer, <laughs> dope. <laughs> uh, let's see you brew that. <laughs> no, no, no. Call no, it hog like, uh, There you go. Oh man, like a uh, pickle. Like they, there's like it? pickle gozas out there. You can make a sweet pickle goza. Call it a relish beer. Is is hard out on that? Is hogwash <laughs> a beer already? Hogwash? Yeah. I mean, that's that's our monthly newsletter if you want to sign up for it. All right, yes. And join and get all the information of what's going on at blackhogbrewing.com. Please make sure hey, that you do. thank you for putting a significant amount of glue between the label and the can. Yeah, fuck, that was hard for you to make that all happen. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm serious yeah. because then it sticks to the paper. Oh, good. I have a lot of, there's a lot of labels I pulled off where there's no glue. There's like a dot on each corner. Yeah. And you peel it off and it's like, well, it doesn't stick, it so falls off. fuck your label, I guess. I'm going to need to start bringing a glue stick to the show for you. All right. So we're running out of time because we have a deadline to hit. It's two oh three. So we. <laughs> oh, we got somebody at the door. Right. Thank you. <laughs> we're trying, trying, to, trying to make sure we're being helpful while we're ruining the business plan that they have set. <laughs> um, so we we talked about granola brown. We talked about hazy and Irish cream. So let's get into the makes you hum, the black cherry and the 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 peach, which is what we had today. I didn't actually get to try the the black cherry. So I'm gonna I'm gonna crack that open now if you want to yeah, start get, with get that. Get a roll. Yeah, yeah. Shotgun. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we um, I'd love to watch you shotgun that. You know, we the people in the Celts world. You know. You know, in you know, in our mind, don't get me wrong. If you do this, but like you know, people who drink seltzer aren't in the beer people. The people who drink beer aren't seltzer people. So we didn't want to like come out with Black Hog Seltzer. So we came out with a new brand called Hum, um, which is a uh, it's a hard tea organic uh, seltz- fruited seltzer. Um, we're using all organic teas from Hardy and Sons, and uh, playing off the flavors of the tea depending what fruit we're adding in the background. So it's kind of, I honestly, I think the tea itself um, gives a little bit of a stringency and like almost some body to the beer. Where did you get Excuse the idea me, the to seltzer? use? Where did you get the idea to use tea as your base? Where did I get the idea to use tea as my base? Um, I've played around with teas in different beers and stuff. Like uh, when I did it, when we launched Maine um, for distribution, I hooked up the guys at Liquid Riot, and we did a. Uh, Instead of an ESB, we did a TSB. So it was a black, it was a black, um, organic Earl Grey based 
ESB kind of so combining the English gray, the English tea with the English beer. Um, and that was kind of like my first, like, oh, tea and beer is kind of an interesting kind of play off yeah. of each other. Um, and then we, and of course, like, you know, Mike hard, Mike's hard tea or whatever, all that shit. Like people are like their tea was already out there as like a hard alcohol. Um, so we were like, all right, what if we made like a craft version of that using kind of the techniques used off of that beer? Um, but then fucking home run is what it was. Yeah. They made a seltzer off of it. And then, so then the, the, uh, the Harney and sons, like their teas are like epic where like, uh, my uncle, uh, owns a tea shop in uh, Portland, Maine. And, uh, he's like deep into tea. And I talked to him a lot about different teas and like the flavor components and like where they came from. And, um, and I really wanted to like accentuate the flavors of the tea with whichever fruit we added into them. So, I mean, so the, the, the black cherry. I mean, there's a lot to talk about fucking seltzer. I'm, I'm like deep into like the flavor components <laughs> of fucking seltzer right now. But like, that's how I work. I, I can't not talk about it like this way. But so the Earl organic Earl Grey has like the deep flavor components and the like hints of black cherry that I wanted to accentuate with the actually adding black cherry to the seltzer. Um, this ginger oolong, which is a, uh, a, a um, Chinese green tea. Um, and the peach and ginger and peach play off of each other already. The oolong has that little like nice little background to it. So the hum that that's the uh, the uh, ginger oolong in the uh, peach format. Uh, we also have the citrus, which is a uh, green tea uh, right citrus blend. So it's go. like lemon lime. So it's tangerine, lemon, and lime all blended together off of the citrus, which off of the green tea, which works really well. Is and then we did a. Um, uh, Darjeeling um, Indian tea, which um, I well, tried very good prior to adding the fruit. It literally reminded me of like Arizona iced tea. So it's like that Arizona iced tea kind of background. And then that's what we add the raspberry lime to. So those are kind of like the four different hum brands. And and like I I didn't want to make like the seltzer craze is here. I got to make one. I got to have something out there. I didn't want to ferment out sugar and add, add extracts to it. And call it a seltzer and try to sell it. Like I still wanted to make it crafty as much as I could. Yeah. That's so that's kind of where hum came from. It's kind of adding that tea and the fruit playing off of each other. All right. Very good. Now, did you because of it being like a seltzer, did you intentionally leave the Black Hog logo off of it 100%. for that reason? Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. I mean, we started its own Instagram page and everything. I mean, I try to like. Did you really? Yeah. Fuck! I didn't follow that. Yeah. Just follow us up. Son of a cock. Yeah, so the, you know, hum hum tea seltzer at Instagram uh, at hum tea seltzer. That's how the Instagram works. Yeah, throw the at in front of it. Uh, but yeah, we started on the Instagram channel and stuff like that to kind of like work off of there. Um, like I said, because it's 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 you know the the business hat came on and you know seltzers are a different market than beer right now. So like yeah. if we wanted to if we wanted this to go national, no knock on wood that. You know, we can go national with a seltzer brand, you know, but if you, 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 you got a plan from the ground up to make that happen. So we're, it's its own, you know, Black Hog makes it, but it's, you know, it's underneath our umbrella, but it is made here in Oxford and, but we distribute it as hum. If you haven't tried it, make sure you do. Yeah. All four are available for sh- online right now for delivered to your house. We talked about that earlier. Let's do it. Easiest way to get our beer. Uh, I know we're getting, you know, we're all kind of on a, well, Time constraint, we'll call it. Um, is there anything you also wanted to, to hit beer wise that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Uh, or, I mean, 
Beer or brewery. Beer or beer or brewery. No, I mean we're I mean to circle back to the we're excited about disc golf. I mean, that's yeah. the big thing right now. We're excited about getting the course set up out for that beer event. We're excited about the disc golf beer. We're excited about that whole scene. All that stuff will be on your social media too as a hundred percent. Yeah. And like we're excited the we're in February. The last weekend, the 25th of February, we are opening inside again for inside seating. So we're going to open back up. We're going to have a big grand opening, but in our minds can become almost a soft opening because it's going to be cold. We're still doing social distance and seating, but like we're going to open back up and like get the tasting room up and running again. Um, as it warms up, we'll have seating outside. So we're trying to get people available to come back to drink a pint with us here and hang out in the brewery, which I'm super excited about um and if you've never been here make sure you come because this place is fucking awesome yeah so i mean we got some good stuff good stuff coming up and um but yeah please come please come visit so i'd like to ask you a few quick questions about disc golf if you have a couple minutes spare real quick so what's your favorite disc you're throwing right now around the table we'll kind of do like an around the table on that around the table on that because we're all playing so it makes sense What's your favorite? So, give me like specification of disc, the brand, obviously, and why. I mean, Warden Warden's my putter. I mean, that's what we're gonna get the the hog, like we're getting a hog stamp for the disc golf beer release of the Warden for like available here as well. So that's like my that's my go to putter. Um, my mid range right now, I think, is the Helix, just because I can get out of trouble with it with a backhand, and then like the uh, Hades would be my driver right now. All right, Souls. Um. Tell us why it's the roadrunner for your driver. Because <laughs> you only he throws rollers. That's all he throws. No rollers. hammers. I hammer. The roller straight hammers. That's I it. Suck. Kyle's. <laughs> and he yeah. comes in and wins the putting competition. Kyle's, yeah. Kyle's slowly work. Kyle was a sidearm pitcher like like Macbeth was an Eagle McMahon. He's slowly working on figuring out how to let like get the release down on the forehand. I think once he gets the release down. The, the, the hammer will be completely forgotten about because the forehand will go a mile for him. He just can't get it out of the hand. So so it's the Roadrunner for the the Innova Roadrunner for your driver. What's your mid-range choice right now? Um, it should be the Z-Line Buzz I gave you, but you don't throw it. I haven't thrown it really. Yeah, because you're I a piece really of shit. Of a uh, you had plenty of chances. Probably what? the Mace. The Mace, oh. okay. Yeah. Who makes the Mace? Do we know? I, I don't even know. Come on. Might be, might be lat 64. I think it's a dirigible earth, I believe, is the... Would you say dirigible earth? Dirigible earth, it's, a, it's an old rap song. <laughs> Kendall and I, for the podcast, it's, has no meaning to it, are currently working on a top 100 hip-hop songs of 2000s. <laughs> it's going to be difficult. Why are we yeah. not doing the masses movies? Latitude 64. Yeah. Latitude 64, Mace, and then what's your putter of choice right now? Right now, the MVP. The MVP, the, uh... The, the rest of the Ohm. The Ohm. O-H-M. All right. Mock? Right now, my, my current driver's been the G-Star Leopard 3 by Innova. Mm-hmm. My mid-range is the Discraft Buzz SS. And my putter is the Jawbreaker Roach. Kendall? Uh, I've grown very accustomed to uh, the M3. Is Prodigy kind of, M3. It's been kind of my primary. Uh, I haven't th- I've been throwing a lot of Prodigies. There's a reason. <laughs> I, I think I'm just saying, I haven't thrown a lot of Prodigies. I'm sorry. It's something that I just kind of kind of the Stony Creek of discs. And I, you weren't going to name drop. Yeah, but <laughs> that one was necessary. <laughs> I've yet to lock down a, a putter that I like because I've been struggling to kind of really nail that part of the game. Right. You don't throw drivers. Uh, no. No. Mass? Your driver of choice is the river. Yes. Latitude 64 river. Although and I have. Also his mid and his putter. also his mid of choice and his putter of choice. So 
I have been partial as of late to last last couple times uh, taking out the Titanium Thrashers, the driver. Really like that. Uh, Mid range choice. Wait, that Thrasher's thrown? Yeah. Decreased value. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll give you $5 for okay. it. So, uh, mid range as uh, gifted to me and. Uh, Gifts are the best. Well, I stole it from him. Yeah, originally. here's the thing it wasn't a gift. He borrowed my rat, never gave it back, so I yeah. bought him a new rat so I'd get mine back. That's fair true. enough. So, move. that's my mid range of choice. Um, eh. And I think I'm the only one in this group that really has the flick as his main throw. And it's tough too because like the, the 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 rat, the rat's a mid range, right? Yes. But like like the zone, like a lot of those like forehand discs are more like p- approach shots. But like rats, I mean we're, we're talking we're talking four two zero three. So four would be p- approach. I mean it's like it's like it's on the edge of yeah the zones are p- approach. This, so is, I get four this speeds. is like it's on the edge of that. It's it's almost mid, but it's it is officially. Let me tell you something. It can be approach. it can be classified as whatever the fuck it wants. I can throw it farther than any disc in my bag. Yep. You're so strong. No, it's so just strong. the zone for whatever reason I can do. If I pick a line, it stays on that line no matter what. I've gotten pretty good at the Mako 3 lately too. Um oh, and then yes. the putter of choice for me has been the Mercy. Um I also do like the Deputy, I believe it is. Yep. Um those are my two putters of choice. I tend to lean more towards the Mercy, but uh the Deputy is a nice backup to have. So I'm known as what's called a discraft whore. Um, I just really like the discraft. I don't know what it is. Everything about them, I like them. I, th- yeah. I have other discs in my bag. You have all the titanium series of every. Almost, disc they make. I have a list of what I don't have, <laughs> and I'm currently searching for Looking some of them. For them, yeah. But like, I, I'm a big. I don't know. It's just something about discraft. It's not the Paul Macbeth thing because, like, Paul Macbeth's not even like, like. Now that I've watched a lot of professionals play, he's not even my favorite pro. Like, my favorite pro isn't discraft. So it doesn't really. But the plastic, the way they fly, I just like them the way they're made. So my, my putter of choice right now is the Paige Pierce Fierce that I have. I really like the – I'm super terrible with terminology. The instability of it, the understa- understable portion of understable. it. Understable. The minus, right? Yeah. I like how it's understable because that really fits my putting style. Um, my mid-range of choice right now is probably the hmm, – I'm probably going to say it's the, the Discraft the Meteor only because I haven't thrown it enough. And I, I, I like what it can do, but I haven't honed it yet. And my favorite driver of choice is the Titanium Zombie. It's the perfect speed for me because I can I can hone what the speed is and make it do what it wants. Whereas like some of the, like the little bit higher is like even like the Onyx, like the 10s and 11s, like I kind of lose control a little bit when I when I throw it. Like the, the Zombie, I can still get it like at that nine. Nine's kind of where I'm at in like control with speed. I mean, yeah, control. I I, see, I hear you on that. I feel like. If I but if I try to rip and I try to rip a nine like I I overroll it doesn't matter if I'm flicking or back like I'll I'll overdo it and it just it does because I'm going too my arm's going too fast for that so nine that's so like, like that's why I like the like the twelve the twelves and thirteens for like if I hit the twelves or thirteens right they're gorgeous but if I don't they're hitting a tree so like for me the twelve and thirteens it's a matter of like like when I throw them. Because I think it's in my head that because the higher speed, I have to throw them harder. So yeah. because I throw them h- harder, I let go of them a little bit later. So they go, no, they don't go right; they go up. Oh. So then they dive real far. Like that's where I'm at right now with my discraft, my mantis, my mantis. I love the flight, but I just let go of it and it, it goes too high. What's going on here? Because <laughs> he's the mantis. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was that was it. <laughs> that was the mess. <laughs> that was terrible. Um. 
Do we have closing remarks? People got deadlines to make, so we'll, we'll, <laughs> let them, we'll let people go. Always a good time. I mean, the, yes. the beer is amazing. This was a lot of fun. Especially. Yeah, Tyler, thank you for letting us play the, the Black Hog Regional Invitational. <laughs> yeah, the little four holes inside the brewery. That was awesome. Yeah, as well it. as the uh, the Hog hog tournament that we did. Yeah. And uh, every time we've been thanks here. Thanks for the beers. Every time we've been here, there's been something happening. The first time we came, I believe, was when you guys opened this half of the tasting room. The second time was when the, the smokehouse was opening in New Haven. You guys got in with that. Now we have the disc golf course. <laughs> like, There's just always something happening down here. Invite us every weekend, and you're going to have big things happening all the time. Yeah, let's do it. Big things are GSWD. <laughs> no, but um, thank you for the beer and the seltzers. Yes, thank you. Everything was delicious. My pleasure. You're the gra- most gracious host. And I'll, if I don't see you at the end of March, I'll see you before that. No, we'll be. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fucking be here. We've already if taken the time. We booked out calendars. <laughs> I pretty much have booked all my weekends in March as <laughs> occupied for whatever. Occupado, sir. Mm, Occupado. Yeah, no babysitting. No, no being a father. No being an employee. Like I'm unemployed. I'm homeless. I'm single. All those things all apply things to me in, Mar- in March. Wrap right into a yeah, I don't have any friends. Like even these guys. Like fuck them. I'm here. <laughs> so, um, Tyler, thank you. Lord of Liquids, as always. We'll be back soon. Thank you to your wonderful staff for, for doing the best they can at uh, working around this. And dealing with us. Group, yeah, group of and assholes. They had to turn on the music, which they really hate. Yeah, I know. They're super bummed about it. It always is. But now you get to listen to us. Isn't that just as good? <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Hey, I'll take subpar. That's better than what I thought we were going to hey, get. Hey, subpar's a birdie, <laughs> and I need those, so <laughs> we worked it all back into it. Yeah. Full circle. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, I know you kind of talked about it before. Tyler, where can they find all the Black Hog and uh, Hum items on so Instagram, yeah, um, social media, all uh, that stuff? Blackhogbrewing.com is the big one. You yep. log into that, it takes us directly to our online store, can order whatever you want, can order Black Hog Brewing and Hum stuff directly to your door, across the whole space. Spectrum every Wednesday and Friday. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's uh, at Black Hog Beer or at Hum T Seltzer. Um, if you want to follow both of those separately, um, that's all I got, man. Where can they find us and other Black Hog posts? You can find us on Facebook at Getting Sports the Trunk. Twitter and Instagram is GSWD underscore four. Make sure you use the hashtag GSWD for all your daily uses, whether it's playing the Black Hog Invitational International Discraft op- Disc Golf Open or Discraft Open. We're going to sponsored by Discraft? Let's do it. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking dope. Um, or, or enjoying some, some, some hums and beer with your boys. We are on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Where you find internet and radio podcasts, as well as beer, you find us. Yeah. It's a good way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> if there's beer, we're there. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, Tyler, thank you. Thank you for thank the you. beer. Thank, thank you for the seltzer. Delicious. Thank you for the disc golf. We look forward to doing a lot more things this year as the uh, post-COVID life comes into light. Keep an eye on social media because we're going to be uh, uploading the uh, disc golf invitational. All the stuff. All the Everything. Yeah, I can't wait to actually go play. Let's go yeah, play. Yeah. Great. Go get, some, go get I'm, outside. And I'm playing tomorrow. Chaps, hit some I'm trees. I'm going to make myself play tomorrow. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what the weather is. I don't care. I, it's like It's been too long since I played 18 holes. Yeah. Making it happen one way or another. We're so. going to go to uh, Manchester. They're closed. closed. Are they? they took, yeah, they, they take, take the, the baskets, baskets out in the winter. 
All right, so we're going to just take a so basket, walk over to off him. Off-air conversation. We'll to, yeah, but no, have you, you haven't played Manchester, have you? No. We'll oh, have to go play Manchester. One. It's a real humbling course. Yeah. Because yeah. it's professional grade. Distance, yeah. and it's a very open. Yeah. So it's one of those Whole things like, six, you, can, I think you hit is... that beautiful shot with that 12-speed you're talking about, but the wind just goes, <laughs> fuck you. Hole six, I think, is 800 feet. Oh, yeah. It's nice because, because it's so open, a fuck-up is still fixable. Yeah. Because there's nothing in the way. Like, you know, oh, my drive went 50 feet to the left, but I can still make an upshot from there because I don't have to worry about trees, I don't have to worry about yeah, rivers, yeah. rocks, none of that, no rollers, none of that crap. So, well, yeah, not on that hole, the rest of them you might. That's not happening in Blackout. We got some very technical tree shots. It's going to mm, be awesome. Big fan. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. I can't wait. That's going to be a real problem. Join some meetings or something. What? I'm just reflecting. Go ahead. <laughs> no. I'm reflecting on what the next like six months of my life is going to be like, and I can't wait. Disc golf. <laughs> disc golf and beer. Perfect. Has there anything been more exciting for you than disc golf and beer? Children? Not even close, right? Well, I mean. <laughs> off it. I love my children. I love my wife, but disc golf's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, now add beer into disc golf. Oh, I mean, that's like double fold awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anybody can have a kid. <laughs> Like, literally anybody. <laughs> but, so, make sure to tune into everything we got coming up with Black Hog, with CT Disc Golf. Um, go to the Black Hog stuff. Go to the Disc Golf Bra stuff. Um, view all that stuff. We're hoping that maybe in the near future, once the ground thaws out, um, GSWD, Black Hog, and Disc Golf Bras can get something going together. Maybe really clog up a, a, a course with, some, <laughs> with, like, 14 people playing. We'll yeah, figure it out. We'll play, we'll play, we'll play Black Hog. We'll play, we'll play this loop for sure. Oh, definitely. So make sure to tune in all that stuff. Until that, though, I'm your host, Cupcake the Riddler. I'm Mock. Sheen Washable. Nope. Yep. NBA nope. Souls. <laughs> the Mass Cross Massey. Tyler Jones. Lord of Liquids. Uh, by the way, we're live every Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. If they're listening to this, they know we're live Monday night. That's why we didn't plug it. But yeah, PPRN Radio Network, all the shows, Monday night, 8-ish to 11-ish, uh, live 365, music 24-7. Hold on, you said it all. Send your dick pics to Boo. There's a billion things going on. Say your name. (laughs) And the rat (laughs) of a red bear. Yeah.